welcome to the Suspense is Killing Us podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Travis. And I'm Matt. Hi. Hi. It's a crisp autumn morning. Lovely day today. Oh, God. I was After a it. rainy Saturday. Yeah, it's the rainy season in Seattle. A lot of people don't know this, but it does rain a little bit in uh, in <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. Uh, not not for our reputation or anything like that. There was uh, like a storm. It was like windy. It was like yeah. blowing shit over. I was down in Columbia yeah. City yesterday. Went hey, to the hey, Ale House. Rented I love a, the Ale Rented house. a Charles Mudede there. Yes, of did course. Did you say hi? Uh, yes, I did. He's got a wonderful accent. He does. He gets drunk at Lottie's karaoke on Tuesdays. He is a drunkie. Sure. Yeah. All right, there's your hot gossip. Shout there's out, your hot Seattle shout out, great, great guy today. though. <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody who's in like the arts community in Seattle knows that Charles likes to drink. Yeah, and uh, you'll see him at St. John's more often than not. Yes, in Capitol Hill too. So if you ever want to see Charles Mudede, go to St. John's on Capitol Hill. And He's probably the, there right now. That's the Mudede gossip yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the day day. Don't don't bother him or anything like that. But if you ever get a chance to uh, hear Charles Mudede speak, he sounds like a king. Monet, Manet, Charles Mudede. <laughs> yeah, all the best, <laughs> all the greatest. But yes, it's a wonderful uh, time of year in Seattle where the nature is trying to kill us. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, there was uh, there was thunder and lightning. Mm-hmm. Very very frightening. Very very frightening. Uh, so I when I when I um, go down to my work, there's a big steep hill, mm-hmm. and it's kind of in a no man's land because I yeah, work. it looks like you're not supposed to go down that street. <laughs> yeah. It's like a forbidden zone. I've had to go pick up uh, like discs and, and VHS from Travis before, and I'm always like, "Is this like a milit? Like, is this allowed? Yeah, or a is, bunch are of are civilians allowed to drive down these streets? <laughs> and then plus, there's that crazy gate that you have to go through. It's like, it's like Travis, where the fuck are you working? Am I gonna be surrounded by Humvees and like a helicopter Oof. overhead or something like that? Mm. I get sent to that laboratory where they sent Alf at the end of that show. <laughs> Anyways, was it all flooded? Um. It, it doesn't flood. I mean, sometimes like a river just goes down the side. <laughs> sometimes but the, there's a river. But the whole thing is lined with dead trees. Mm. And on one half, there was like the side of the mountain, uh, the side of the hill that it's on was set on fire w- one year. And uh, all the trees are dead. Cool. And uh, nobody's doing anything about it. So Jeez. they just regularly kind of like, well, we just hope I don't get killed by those trees as they fall down. So oh every, time a, every time a windstorm happens, I'm always like, what kind of horrible... <laughs> hell am I coming into when I get to this hill? Just Is there going to be a tree that I have to literally like climb over or something? Or is there going to be dead people? Yeah. People do die. All the time, every day. Somebody's probably dying right Someone's now. Someone's probably dying right now if yeah. you really think about it. And that's the circle of life. Yeah. But also, a child is being born. And right now, probably some <laughs> hey, people are fucking. We, how, how did we get No, here? nobody's <laughs> fucking right now. Can you tell? It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. <laughs> Day I of think rest. that you can rest. honor the Lord by fucking. That. I don't do any boning if it's on for Sundays. For procreational purposes, no boning on Sundays. I, I, I have a lot of rules about my religion. We'll talk about this soon. Matt's got his own particular made-up religion. <laughs> it's uh, not made up. Uh, Mattology. It's not, not, made a, up. not a clever name it's at all. Real? It's called Matology. I mean, it's real because it's, matology. it's pronounced yeah. Matology. First of all, say it right. It'll come as a surprise to nobody that he worships himself. I worship myself. <laughs> my body's a temple. <laughs> I worship myself. Yeah. All are welcome to join. None have. All are welcome. <laughs> it's not just a job. It's an adventure, okay? Yeah. But he is tax exempt. It's I true. Mean, he's, he does it's have tax exempt status. That's I'm a non-profit. Cool. <laughs> That's for sure. It's definitely non-profit. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to me, but I don't actually make any money. <laughs> 
All the pre- all the practitioners have to have sex with the leader, which means that Matt has to jerk off all the time. All the time, except <laughs> on Sundays. Again, how did we get here from talking about the rain? Jesus that's Christ. Podcasting. Now that's podcasting. That's how you do it. We're talking off the cuff. We're riffing. Yeah, we're riffing. Spreading out. Branching out. Covering all kinds. I'm just I'm full of zeal because of, A, the beautiful autumn day, but I also yeah, you're just started this. drinking this coffee. Is that a cold brew? No, this is just a regular. This is a regular ass hot brew mocha. Does this look like a cold brew? I don't. I've never had a cold brew. I don't know. Do they only come in cans? Uh, It would come like that. Oh well, I didn't know that. Plastic thing. Cold drinks come in. Really? Matt has never fucked. Has never fucked with a cold drink. Yeah, but you have existed in the world. Yeah, but I mean, I can't remember the last. Hot drinks look like this. Okay, I. You're, I I get it now, but <laughs> I don't. I don't to shame you, but this is ridiculous. I spend so little time in coffee shops, like I haven't. Yeah, but you look at people in the world around. Yeah, but you. I don't pay attention to what's in their hand like that. I don't. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I don't not, think Matt does look. It's at not people a firearm. This is a hot. This is a hot coffee. You serve a hot drink and a cold drink in a glass if you were in a bar. So there you go. Yeah, but if you're okay, is this. This we might it. not be making any progress. I understand. I understand <laughs> why you, I want to die. I on. understand why you wouldn't put a hot drink in one of those because it would melt. Yeah, but uh, you could conceivably put a cold drink in what he's got. I have before. Well, there you are. But that's not normal. Okay. Maybe in mythology it's a normal well, thing. Anything I say is normal. <laughs> mythology is normal. So. Also, like if you and I've done this before. Dude, if you, it, if says you put like a, it says Poindexter on it, which I think is appropriate for you, you nerd. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, oh, he's taking me. He's he's got got Stand up for yourself, Poindexter. We're doing great. But if you put a cold drink in one of these things, it actually fucks the cup up because like wait the, uh, what? Because if you put like the ice in there, like the condensation comes to the outside of the and it, it makes sogs it, it, it up. Sogs it all up. Yeah, it's bullshit. Phone's ringing. It's fucking phone's bullshit. Ringing, dude. Phone's We're ringing. at Scarecrow Video. The phone's ringing. We're not open yet. Don't call Scarecrow Video until 11 o'clock. Yeah, hang up. Well, Monsters. it's actually noon. Noon. Don't call Scarecrow Video until noon. <laughs> I mean, you can call Scarecrow at 11. It's just... People are, apparently. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 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 if, they, if these people were in mythology, this stuff wouldn't happen. No, no, no. Oh, I, I believe boy. you would put them to death. I'd stone them to death, yes. <laughs> yes. Bury them up to their necks and then stone, stone them. That's why you don't have a whole lot of takers like, on this just, religion Just yet. like a whore. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or a thief. As the whore does. Yeah, it's not the most progressive religion in the world. <laughs> Come as yeah. no surprise to anybody. Mythology's canceled. Speaking of not very progressive. Oh, boy. Oh, That's we, a good one. Have we got an interesting collection? What, we, what should we call this? Oh, I don't know. We didn't but, even think about that. Uh, I have put a little time into thinking, and then every time I do, I'm like, I, I got nothing. I mean, it's like fish out of water, Ugh. but nothing fun comes with that. Culture clash. Buh. Um, they're 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 so it's such a cancel culture clash. It's no, no, not really cancel culture. I don't. <laughs> There's know. nothing about. I mean, a little bit of that in actually Rising Sun, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but they but they're so specific in particular. Like it's a really yeah. That's a really good group of movies. I, I'm, the movies themselves aren't good. I just right. think that they're, no, they're all good, so similar. Grouping. We yeah. can open it up. We can figure out some and maybe open it up. We don't all have the, a whole these, All these, these movies. Oh, yeah, that's true. All these movies are, uh, yeah, fish out of water, you know. They, I mean, Basically, a cop goes in, in or in a, a law, law enforcement, enforcement person type person. goes into a culture they don't understand to, to solve a mystery. Yeah. And then they learn a little, or, <laughs> or not, in the case of Rising Sun. They Absolutely, they learn absolutely nothing. Oh, uh, it's so fascinating. But uh, but the three of them we're going to be doing is uh, Stranger Among Us, nineteen ninety two, Rising Sun, ninety three, yeah, and The Kingdom. Big jump ahead, two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven's The Kingdom. 
hard action movie directed by Peter Berg. Uh, these, oh, oh, this is one of my favorite batches in a long time. This I really, is a, I really this like was the a good crop of films. They're, they're not good. I'm yeah. not saying they're good. I didn't have fun with a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's too bad. Rising uh, Stranger Among Us was meh. Rising Sun was frustrating to me. I weirdly enjoyed The Kingdom though. Yeah, like, I mean I like that's a really kingdom. exciting movie. Yep. And, then, then and then you think about it for a second, and then you're like, oh no. And then I realize I already owned it on Blu-ray for some really? reason. Really, you owned it? I <laughs> owned it on Blu-ray on too. A, it's like a Blu-ray three-pack of war movies. What are I the have. other two? I don't remember. No. Oh. Three Kings. Good Koi. Which is good. Yeah. And then there's another good one. No, I think it's Jarhead. Ooh, boo! Who earns? Uh, Jarhead is Roger Deakins. Yeah, but it's, a great it's also movie. Sam Mendes. So yeah. <laughs> There's problems. <laughs> give it and take Three it Kings, away. Jarhead, and Kingdom? That makes sense. Or maybe I'm just hoping That it's is like Kings. a perfect collection for one of those random They are all three Universal Studios films. Okay, then that doesn't No, wait, that's not true. Warner Brothers is Three Kings. Mm. Anyhow. The Dubba Dubba WB? The Dubba <laughs> Okay, just checking. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and jump into it with uh, one of the weirder 1992's A Stranger it. Among Us, Sidney Lumet. Emily. Why didn't you call for backup? Because we thought we could handle it ourselves. No, you thought you could handle it by yourself. You really are some cowboy. What do you got? Classic mob hit. Two in the head, one in back. No sign of forced entry, no prints, latent or otherwise. Jakob knew his killer. We don't kill each other. We don't kill anybody. Yeah, well, there's a first time for everything. You're wrong. I got experience, okay? I know human nature. But you do not know our nature. Somebody that you know, somebody who you trust, is Yakov's killer. The only way that I'm going to catch this person is if I'm as close to you as he is. They're like weird? No, they're not weird. They're nice people. While you are with us, you must respect our customs. It wouldn't be proper us alone in a room together. You guys got a lot of rules? Actually, there are 613. Go ahead, cheat a little. I won't tell. Directing Melanie Griffith as a policewoman going undercover in the Hasidic community of, of, of diamond sellers uh, to catch someone who killed one of one of the in the diamond Hasidim, district in the diamond now district, yeah. uh, like you're like these obviously as you might imagine and one of the reasons that we wanted to do these movies is because of the we wanted silly, to do Rising the, Sun. The, the potential cringe factor of how these movies come across now and yes. their depictions of cultures and how people react to them. But this movie's already way off before it even gets into its premise because Melanie Griffith is playing a badass cop in it, and it's just the brain cannot register this. I think that there's a, a world in which this could work. I don't think that the performance she's being directed to give is that. Yes. I don't know. I didn't... Maybe because I haven't seen as much Melanie Griffith stuff as you guys, but I thought it was... I didn't... I wasn't hit upside the head with how bad the casting was for her. Oh, wow. But maybe I just don't know. It didn't bother me. She just me. seems like a like a feminine police officer. Well, I think in addition to just the fact that she's it's poor casting, I do think she's bad in it also. I, I think I think I, mean, I, I want to be perfect I want to be perfectly this, clear. I think this movie's bad. Yes. yes. I think that the problem is that she's being directed in a certain way and it's at odds with what the other characters and the script keep telling you. Yes. Which is that like every time you see Melanie Griffith, she's like being charming, saucy Melanie Griffith who's like fun to hang out with and yeah. seems like a really good time. But everybody else is like, she's a ball buster. She does what she yeah. has, whatever she wants. Nobody gets along with this broad. Loose cannon I guess I forget that she's a police officer in it because she's undercover so much of the time that she's just like, 
hanging with the other girls in the Hasidic Jew community and like yeah. wearing their long skirts and shit. And she also gets that being makeover like, for one second. <laughs> she's really nice too. Like when she's hanging out with the other Jewish women and they're telling her like what the sort of what the rules yeah. are and how they need her to behave. She's like, okay, all right, cool. Like, tell me why. Uh, all right, that yeah. sounds good. Let's go. And she's like trying to be like, she's like, she's it's like, not can I call like, that, uh, can I call that guy hot or no? Yeah, like, no. And and she doesn't. <laughs> what's so interesting stupid. is how she doesn't do the thing where she's like constantly pushing against yeah. what they are expecting her to she's do. Pretty respectful. Yeah, no, I would yeah, say so. Absolutely, yeah. it's kind of a. It's she's a very different from say like Michael Douglas and Black Rain sort of thing. What's all you? What are you fucking Japanese guys talking about? This yeah, is yeah. fucking. She's just like, oh, I defer to you guys, yeah, but yeah. she is wildly stupid. Like this character. I mean, the, the character. The movie is screwed from the jump just because like it's ba- it's bad casting. She's bad in it again. Direction and acting and cat. That's the that's a lot of people's fault. Uh, and then her character—it's like not a good movie. It was even if she, even if all that stuff wasn't correct, she's like super dumb. Well, like she'll she just, seems she'll to just make like, a lot of bad decisions. She's like, we're going to we're going to introduce you to our head, uh, our head rabbi, the rabbi, yeah. the rabbi, and he is like a solemn. It, obviously, look at him. He's got a beard. He's it couldn't be a more like gravitas, solemn guy. And she's like, "How's your dick hanging, motherfucker?" You know. And she's like, "Oh, you don't." <laughs> I don't you, think oh, she I'm said not, that. I, I'm obviously exaggerating, but she's just like, "Oh, I'm not supposed to talk about ball sweat to the rabbi oh, or whatever." What movie did like, you watch? Travis? <laughs> How's your dick hanging, ball sweat? She. Does. That's what she says. Like, what are you planning on jumping my bones to people all the time and stuff like that? And, and then they'll then they'll be like, "We don't talk like that around here." And she's like, "Oh." Oh, okay. And you're like, yeah. Who? Everybody, a child would have been able to know we don't talk like that around here. I think the problem. She's, but I'm a fucking tough cop. What are you see, doing? See, that's the thing is like the, everybody's insisting that she's a tough cop, but she sort of doesn't behave like that. It feels like she's doing a bit most when, whenever that happens. It also it's a problem immediately for me that like her her sort of central conflict seems to be that she's boy crazy because we're introduced to her like on a stakeout with her hunky partner, going like. He's and he like wants her to be his girlfriend because they've been like getting busy. Yeah. And she's like, I thought we were just having a thing. First of all, don't have sex with your partner. It just seems like ethically dubious. Right and out of and the also gate. just yes. a bad idea, you yeah. know, romantically. And then he gets popped. Like he gets shot by some bad guys. Immediately. Yeah. You kind of think that this movie is going to be a lot more fun than it is. I like, do yeah, like because, because it starts out at a cool club and they're they're wearing like cool disguise, cool club goer disguises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, there's a cool, which is way more up Melanie Griffith's alley. Yes. than her disguising herself as, yeah. as a woman of Melanie the Griffith. Jew Melanie Griffith can be fucking awesome sure. if you've ever seen Working Girl, if Body you've ever Devil, seen something rules, wild, Body Devil, Body Devil Fierce something City. wild rules. I guess she's, I have seen a lot of her stuff. I don't know why Melanie this is Griffith is me different great, than you. but she's also fully capable of. Being bad too. I mean, if she's in the wrong sort of thing, like it, it, it she's kind of like Sean Young in that case, Bob where like, vanities. Uh-oh. where you, where yeah, where you'll be like, I've, why are you being like this in this movie? I've seen you do this well before. I know that you can do this. What is this shit? Well, maybe and she, she, is in this. she already was like, this movie sucks. She might. Very, so I'm not gonna put in the should, effort. I don't think you should do that. If you've no, been you should. If you're an actor, <laughs> if you're a professional <laughs> actor getting paid to do a good job. Don't say the movie sucks and then make it worse. <laughs> Don't do that to well, Sydney Lumet. I, I also think it's pretty clear that nobody is really interested in the dra- in the cop stuff in this movie. Lumet and Griffith are are definitely interested in making this drama. It's, it's so yeah, drama. The cop it's is so kind drama of like forward. a framework for something that they want to focus on more. The, because, like I said, I kept forgetting it. She was even like an undercover cop. It was more like a mystery within the community and also a forbidden love. Do you, I mean, did you did you guys have the same? Ex- I'd seen this before, so I kind of remembered wh- where it was going. But did you have the experience where, like, 
at the end where that sort of final twist is revealed with that Mara, the, the, the young woman who had like left the community and returned, was actually the murderer. And it was like, I don't think we need this like last minute twist of like... They do the call is coming from inside the house, kind of. To stuff. be like, honest, I don't even remember the oh end yeah. of this movie. Okay, it's like they have like a confrontation in the church, and then Ariel shoots the lady. Yeah, yeah. he has to take a life. Oh yeah, he's really it's like fucked extinguishing up over an it entire too. universe. Yeah. He really didn't want to do that. Of course not. He really didn't want to do that. No. <laughs> uh, but they, they they set the seeds of that in one of the like the few moments in the movie where it takes where it's not the drama that it. Well, thinks yeah, I mean, it's it, trying it to makes be. it all makes sense. It's just sort of unnecessary it's given it's given the amount of attention that's spent on the crime part of the story. Yeah, you kind of don't need that at all. Yeah. But that sums it up. The, the the thriller aspect of this movie is an afterthought to, yeah. to everybody involved. Although you it's do like, get a well, nice taste of, of smarmy James Gandolfini. Gandolfini which is always nice to see. Is, Look I how believe bad the poster is for this. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see it because you're listening, but it's just her in like frowning. a yellow in like a weird colored leather jacket with a gun, just like staring blankly yeah. at the screen. Is that a shotgun? <laughs> no, it's against the car car door, so it looks longer. But it's just like what. <laughs> The opposite of shotgun, and then in the background we we just get like the New York skyline, a riveting top-notch thriller. They should have done Mm -hmm. a Stranger Among Us, but had it be about the video game Among Us. Have you played that? Uh, No, but sounds great. That game's awesome. It's it's like a party game. It's like a party. It's so much fun. I don't care for parties, but you do love (laughs) games. (laughs) But I love games. But yes, so, yeah. Uh, all right. We'll 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 get. We're gonna try to get through this one really quick because, like like I said, it's more of a drama than anything else. Yeah. And then it like it's very perfunctorily a thriller. It's a drama with consequences, which makes it a little bit of a thriller. There's no. But there's uh, not even that great of consequences here. No. There, there's no confusion as to what they're trying to do. They're making witness. It's wit- it's, it's another witness. It's diet witness. Yeah. Basically, they find the guy. Oh my God. There's the missing guy. And then they find him dead in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that man, that was a weird scene, wasn't it? Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. I like I like a dead guy in the ceiling. It was like one of these ceilings too, where it pops out. Yeah, uh, the whatever they those panels are called. Yeah. I always like that kind of thing. But yeah, because you, you just know there's something up there. There's gotta there's be. Gotta, there's like, probably why somebody you... diehardding up there at the there's very least. There's probably shit up here, you know. There's probably somebody dieharding up in the, in these panels right now. Yeah, or like is. or like an old box. There's an old box. There's some so, sort of old box. Old. It's old as fucking. From There's, like the 70s. It holds something. Yeah. Like the key to something. Either the thing, the good thing itself or a key to the other good thing. Yeah. And then, we're, then we got a whole plot. Wow. All right. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so just to, to get through it. Uh, so Melanie is involved immediately in an altercation. Her boyfriend slash partner uh, is, wounded. is wounded. And then she shoots the guy. And then they're like, you're a loose cannon. I'm taking you. I like the I'm part where, you off the street. Uh, where they're taking him in the ambulance, the partner in the ambulance. And she's like, is he going to be OK? Is he going to be OK? And the EMT is like, if you stop shouting at me, he is. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> let him do his damn job. <laughs> Adam, really you're being fun. very shrill. Uh, but th- th- this is when she's talking to the, the the perp, and this is why I'm why I'm immediately laughing in this movie. Just Mel- Melanie Griffith's whole entire deal is she like when when this guy like uh, I think stabs her partner or whatever and runs away. She like turns around and goes, "You want it?" With her gun, <laughs> and, then, and then later on, when the when the guy's like, "I'm getting you off the street," oh yeah, she goes like, "I shot the perp. Why do should I have to deal with those headhunters?" <laughs> you're just like, I love, I do like just the fact point. that well, nobody that that's nobody the mayor of New York from Ghostbusters. He's the he's the chief. That's right. And he comes and he's like, "I need your peace and shield. You're suspended. This is the 48th person you've shot since Tuesday." Yeah. 
He's like Frank Drebin. <laughs> and and she's like, and he's like, IA is going to want to talk to you. And she's like, yeah. Well, I shot the perp. Why should I have to deal with those head eyes? And you're like, okay. But that's the thing. They keep, they keep insisting that they, she's like the toughest, <laughs> loosest cannon. Yeah. And you're kind of like, I don't see it. I, and it's I not love just, the fact that it's not just the performances that like every other thing she does is kind of like, well, she just seems like, you know, kind of a kind of a little a little brassy. But that's kind of it. You know, I love the fact that but, but everybody is in on it. It's <laughs> like never one of seen those, a cop like her before. <laughs> it's like one of those reality TV shows where everybody's in on it, except for the one right. person. And everyone's like going like, nope, she is fucking badass. We'll get out of her way. And then she'll be like, hi, everybody. Here come Lala and Sassy. Whoa, whoa, from, here come Lala easy. and Sassy from Vanderpump, and Jax is there, and <laughs> Melody oh, Griffith is like, "Look at Matt over here." Oh yeah, I've watched a lot of Vanderpump lately. My girlfriend likes the show. I want to shoot guys with my gun. Bang bang. Okay, this might be my new favorite Travis's impression <laughs> is of Melanie Griffith. <laughs> I, I'm not as Melody stupid. Griffith and uh, and um. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to. I want to help you, but I can't. Fucking bound. Uh, oh, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly, yes. Melanie Griffith and Jennifer Tilly walk into a bar. What Absolutely. happens? Hi. <laughs> I'm sorry if the goddamn chicken got overcooked. Okay. <laughs> Can we get a vodka? <laughs> okay. I'm going to bust everybody in this car. Uh, all right, all right, all right. It's too good. Let's go. Everybody up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so yes, then she gets sort of reassigned really? to this, this undercover thing in the in the Diamond District. This young Hasidic man has been has missed, and gone this, missing. And, and this then, is like a like a part of her kind of like get off the street, and she's like, I don't want to get off the street. I'm a badass. And then they're like, No, you got to do this shit job where you're just looking for some missing this seems person. Pretty complicated for somebody who's suspended or whatever. <laughs> she's, you know? It's like a quasi. It's just sort of like no more action for you, sort uh -huh. of thing. While we like. Well, we process what happened, whatever, uh, and that and that so that gives us the whole plot of, of the movie. And she goes in there, and they're like, "Look, we're a different kind of people than you are," and uh, and it, but like she's just instantly like acting very like she just doesn't have. I think just everybody has this if they were going to go into a group of Hasidic Jews with all their just in the all their their outfits on and their be <laughs> their austere. Behavior, and uh -huh. then they just wouldn't be like, "So what the? What's going on, motherfuckers?" You know, like, like she, she just I, has she no cools sense off. Of, she cools off pretty fast. It's just, yeah, it's just very. It's a stupid movie. In addition to like all the things that are like the script isn't isn't good as well. She's mostly being sort of shown around by uh, Mia Sarah. Mia Sarah, who is Sloan. Uh, yeah, Sloan Sloan Peterson from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and oh, also from Legend. Oh, that's what she's from. Also from Legend. Yeah. And uh, she's pretty good, actually, in this as, yeah. like, you know, the, the sort of, I guess, the ambassador <laughs> for Melody Griffith. Um, and then there's Ariel, who is the son of the Rebbe, and he's being groomed to take Ariel. over the congregation. The Kelly McGillis. Yes, he's Kelly McGillis here. And he's all, he's very he's handsome. He's very good looking. Yeah, very as handsome. As soon as he's introduced, you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah he's a cutie. It was weird Ooh. that when he came on, they played Dreamweaver over the soundtrack and everything <laughs> was all focused. Well. I was playing Dreamweaver in my brain when he's, when he's introduced. Speak, speaking of music, just so I don't forget to mention this, speaking of music, uh, <laughs> the thing that really kills any suspense in this movie oh, at gosh, all yeah. is the, the Klezmer music score. They'll, so yeah. like they'll be, you'll be like going into the jewelry store where all you know the crimes are taking place, and like James Gandolfini is doing protection racket stuff, and it'll be like, 
And you're like, oh, this is not good. This but, like, for the whole movie. The whole movie. Like, the, yeah, that's the score. Like, yeah. suspenseful scenes included. <laughs> she When she first arrives they into town, to it. it's, supposed yeah. to, it's supposed to be, like, this stranger in a strange land. I, I found, like, the, this whole thing to be kind of like, come on. Where, like, she shows up and it's the, di- like, where all the Jewish, Hasidic Jewish people live in. I, I, they work in the Diamond District and they're they live in, in this other they're area. They're in Queens. They're in Queens. In Queens. And she's, and she's like, they're all walking around with their outfits. I'm sorry, I don't know the terminology yeah. with their outfits on. And they, they're playing this music and it's almost like Stranger in a Strange Land. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And, I, and there's like the newspapers in a different language. Yeah. And it's just they're like, it's not, it's not that weird. Well, that's the I thing. I think it's that weird. That's the weird thing about it is that like the movie, the movie kind of like Lumet clearly doesn't think that that this is strange. Like, he's yeah. not trying to make that movie. But uh, the music there, the music choices, there's a scene where Ariel actually says, like, we are not quaint or exotic. Yeah. Don't treat us like that. The movie is trying not to, but it kind of doesn't do a good job. It's also kind of the point of the movie. Yeah, and you're stuck in her headspace a little bit, so she's trying to be respectful. Like, there are many times where, like, Mia Sarah or somebody will be like, well, here is here is what, you know, the behavior that you have to exhibit is. And she'll ask why, and when given a decent answer to her satisfaction, she's like, okay. Yeah. But the klezmer music, the weird emphasis on sex and and her sort of desire for Ariel and all of that, it tends to exoticize this community by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they wouldn't have a premise of this movie if there wasn't ex- they weren't exoticizing these people. It's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. It's like you go to, it's like Witness... But in addition, it's, there's just so many reasons why it's not witness. I mean, like one of the, like the Amish people are, it's pretty weird. Right. Amish thing is pretty weird. Right. Uh, the, the Hasidic community, like maybe they have they have different outfits that they wear, but they live in the city. They ha- have electricity. There's just it's I, just not. And then Melanie Griffith like goes undercover with him, and you're like, why? Like Harrison Ford is like stuck in this farm where he's like hiding from people. It makes sense that he's over there, and it's just they just put her in this because it's supposed to be like witness. I think that the the difference between the two movies is that in 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 this, it's kind of like you have to keep getting explanations from the characters as to like what the tradition represents from them yeah and like you know why must you dress this way why do we have a refrigerator for meat and a refrigerator for dairy because in the you know in biblical times this and they cut her off before she can actually tell us but there's there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie and the the for the average viewer the the uh, the it's esoteric yeah in witness the same exotification you could call it of the amish takes place but their beliefs are very simple and straightforward. Pacifism, you know, simple like no technology, no zippers. It's it's not it's it's not presented as an esoteric thing that like she has to that like book has to learn in order to blend in. Yeah. He's just got to be respectful of it. Yeah. So the dynamic is entirely different and that's what makes witness work. It's simplicity and what makes this kind of fail because it's mired in esoterica. Yeah. And obviously, need, needless to say, for people at home thinking thinking this, of course, this movie that is not very good does not stack up to Witness, Witness. which is an incredibly good movie, which yeah. is one of the best movies we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but still, like it's this is that's clearly what the pitch was. Yeah, when they were when they were coming up with this, we're gonna do another Witness. What What's another did, kind of like weird? When did religion? Witness come out? Eighty four, eighty five, something like that. Eighty five. <clears throat> great, well, great movie. She gets this whole makeover. They dye her hair brown, 
and they like give her they modest, give her a blowout or something. Yeah, they make her big. They dye it brown, um, and then that kind of goes away in the next couple of days. She doesn't really stick to it, and her hair goes back to blonde by the end of the movie. <laughs> but yeah, she they she's like she's looking for the missing person. She finds the dead body. Now it's a murder mystery, and this is a thing that they that just I've never seen. I really don't believe this is how it works in real life, but they're just, they all kind of go like, you gotta live with them. You gotta live with them to find the killer. It's like, since when? Yeah, I that, don't that think that never happens. I don't see why there needs to be any kind of undercover operation to <laughs> yeah. expose what's going on here. You have to be in there and close to them. I, uh, I mean, is, find out. is the idea that they're uh, non-cooperative? Because I mean, no, I don't, she, they're finds, not the case. she finds the only thing the that, that, that she finds witness. out because of her undercoverness or whatever is when she's at the the jewelry store yeah. being an undercover. Right. Even though she she easily tells everyone she's undercover. Yeah. <laughs> she tells everybody. Like, but the, but like she overhears, you know, when Gandolfini and the other guy come in to do the the money for exchange for protection, like mob tie thing. Yeah. Like that's the only thing that I think she gains from but that she could have found that out a different way. I that's guess. that's the thing is like, yeah, she could uh, like you could have figured <laughs> that out. She could have just been a cop. And they have security <laughs> cameras. Like, you know, you, you figure you don't need to be undercover to figure out that they're doing protection but racket fun. stuff. But, the, uh, but then that's the that's the weird part is why why is there a weird twist at the end where it turns out that it was Mara who was in league with these other guys who was yeah. just trying to get the diamonds off of them. You know, I, 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 you don't I need $720,000 worth of diamonds. I mean, it's a lot of diamonds. When they say that so casually at the beginning, they're like, oh, like mm-hmm. anything else missing? Yeah. Seven hundred twenty thousand yeah. dollars worth of diamonds are missing. I kind of really that ending really doesn't sit well with me for another reason, and that like these uh, these guys are these Hasidic guys are. <laughs> That's what he shoots her. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they're always talking about themselves like they're separate from all of this human stuff, like murder, killing, uh, jealousy, that sort of thing. We don't do that here. We're all we're like pure and good. And then if you would think like, well, we're going to find out that someone from within, you know, did but it. But she's because she's, of course that's not true. She's a, you know, what they have a word for it in the movie. I forget what it is, but she left the she left the community and came back. She, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She got Nobody, poisoned by uh, yeah. the real world. Yeah, exactly. And so it was in in fact an outsider who was doing it the whole time. Yeah, she was the stranger the whole time. Seemingly justifying their belief Ooh. that they're that they're above reproach or something like that, which is annoying and weird. Uh, this is this is a conversation that she has when she's first talking to the Reb, Rebbe, mm-hmm. the Rebbe, Rebbe, uh, who's like the like a really powerful rabbi mm. type, and he's he's one of the main characters. Uh, and then she she kind of goes like, "All men can be killers or whatever," and he goes, "In your world, perhaps not in ours." And then she says to him, "Are you in charge here?" <laughs> and, she, and he goes, "The Almighty is in charge." And you're like, "Come on, dude." <laughs> But you know, you, you know get what the you know what she means. You help, know what she's saying. Help her help you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're you are. <laughs> what are you talking about? The th- but the thr- the thrust <laughs> the of the movie is, is 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 you she know what begun, she becomes attracted to uh, Ariel. That's so much. Of the Ariel, movie. that's the movie. A beautiful little boy, and he is hot. Who loves Jewish Ariel mysticism. Ariel just <laughs> wants to just wants to live with the people. He's tired of being under the sea. He's a little bit of an outsider himself, though, because he he really likes uh, studying the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism like and all this weird which is, cool which stuff. Is to- which we're led to understand is is something a young man wouldn't do. Yeah. 
You have to be like 40 to be able to wrap your but head around. But it's the most interesting the shit. Because it's got all the sex stuff. This it's got is, all the sex and magic. This yeah. is him talking. This is a, a, a quintessential example of how stupid Melanie Griffith's character is, where you're like, is she joking or is she just dumb? Where he goes, he's talking, she's like, what's it And he goes, like, it's a te- it's an ancient text of mysticism and spirituality or whatever. And she goes, I bet it's from California, right? <laughs> And then he's oh like, God. he says something about rules, and she goes, "You guys got this is this is this is Melanie Griffith. Got a lot of rules this is Melanie here. Griffith's character, an adult talking to a Hasidic Jewish guy. You guys got a lot of rules." Because there's 613 rules or commandments, 248 positive commandments, and 365 negative ones. And she goes, <sighs> "No shit." Yawn. <laughs> this movie is snoroboro to the extreme. I don't like it. Uh, there's a there's a fun line kind of at the end of this in- interaction where she goes, I guess you're not used to a woman like me, huh? And he goes, is anybody? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. Oh, the actor's name is Eric Thal. Yes. Who plays Ariel. Uh, very, very, very hot. But she keeps like, it's it's weird how long it takes her to wrap her head around how disrespectful she's being to this guy. <laughs> she keeps doing it. She keeps doing it. And she's like, and, she, and like the movie is kind of insisting that they're attracted to each other. And I'm willing to buy that they clearly have some kind of chemistry. Probably because no one's like outright like come on to him that like forwardly Ever. before. But he's also and, like. And also Melanie Griffith is hot. He constantly <laughs> rejects her. In every possible way, she keeps doing it and insisting to him that it's what he wants. There's a line <laughs> where cool. like he kisses her, she kisses him and he's like, Stop, I can't, and she goes, Can't or won't, and he's like, It's the same thing. <laughs> Why are Canceled. we all being so stupid? Like Coercion. stop it. <laughs> so so this is like so far into the relationship where he's rebuffed her so many times and been like you can't talk like that. He's here. even like I'm getting I'm getting married. He's, yeah, seriously, he's, stop he's it. getting married to a woman he's never met. It's an arranged marriage. But they've been she's talking on the France. phone. They've been talking stuff, on the phone. And they click. They have a relationship. Yes, he seems very curious about her and interested in her. And he's not being forced. He's like it's an arranged marriage, but he said he said no to the other one. So it's like he right. actually, He's like and into he this girl. To her on and the phone, and, and, and like, we meet her at the end of the movie, and she seems cool. It's just like online French. dating. Yeah. Um. And and uh. There's another line where he's she's trying to again get him to admit that he's in love with her and they want to go off together and he's like he keeps talking about the Kabbalah and like his views on sex uh, especially outside of marriage and and he's like I've got a news flash for you sex is nice yeah. and she's like how would you know it's like Jesus lady will you shut the fuck up please <laughs> will you, you let, just will, will you, you just let solve, this man live his life will you just leave him alone and solve the murder and go the fuck home so I can stop watching this movie is he wait is he even involved in like any part of the crime nope, or is no. he he's just a guy there no the crime is really small so it's like it has kind of nothing so it's to like, do with yeah, anything yeah just leave him alone no has, she's just getting into his shit because has, she's horny for him he has yeah. no he has no tie to what you're investigating other than the fact that he's in the same community so like actually leave him alone like, now now i'm upset when he's like we're not quaint or exotic she might as well just go well your dick's really big i think and i, I think that's exotic you know like she's just disgusting she really does say i she wasn't sucks. exaggerating she's how does your I dick hang let's talk up. about ball sweat this is her <laughs> like when she comes uh, when she comes when she's been dressed up as a and, and it's also funny to me how like not not that much different she looks yeah yeah like, the they did not commit. don't really look that different. They're not. It's not like Amish where they, you know, have a whole 
They yeah. just kind of like just, wear dresses. They and just have, dress a little more yeah. modestly. That's about it. But she comes out there and she. The men she, have a much more rigid dress code than the women do. Absolutely. But she comes out and she says to Ariel, who's already re- like, been yes. like, "We can't. You can't be this way." And she goes, "On the Hasidic scale of sexiness, how do I rate?" And he's oh, like, God. "Come on, lady." And the, and the, like as you you're, keep, you point out, it's a very pivotal line in the movie where he's like, "We're not cute little characters." But when when he says that, she responds, "You are." Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn it. This is a really horny movie. She's really horny. The next two movies, this and the next movie, are very horny. One of the hornier ones, the next one. Um, Third one, no horn. But we need to get to the meat of the matter here, which is, of course, a little uh, current patron saint of the podcast named Jonathan Pankow. It's like the third Pankow movie that we've had. We've had a a good streak. Four or five episodes or something like that. Pankow second build, interestingly enough, is yeah. a very, is actually a pretty minor role. I think maybe second just because yeah, mm. it said Melanie Griffith and then John Pankow, and I was kind of like, ah, oh, Pankow is going to be like, well, the, he's you know, you can really sell a movie on Pankow. Pankow oh, at the disco puts butts in the seats. Pankow enter the fist, right, Emily? <laughs> yes. Pankow enter the fist. That's that uh, it. don't have a Pankow. Some Pankow chicken. Yeah, that's very <laughs> good. Uh, we're going to make you walk the Pankow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pank it out. Pank it out, etc., etc., and so on. <laughs> I've got a hankering for her pankering. <laughs> oh, it's it's panking season. <laughs> and I got a hankering for some pankering, uh, uh, and so yeah, forth. We'll we'll add we'll add on as we go along. But anyways, <laughs> Jonathan Panka, he's he's just sort of like this, a fairly minor character. I think it's just so they could have a like non- Jay Pierpont Pankow. <laughs> so, so, thank you. I think it's just so they could have a non-Hasidic Jewish person be in the movie, and he's a piece he's of shit. like worldly, you know, and like there's a scene where he's telling a bunch of the other shitty cops is like how how people in the community have sex. He's like they cut a hole in the sheet, and he stops through the sh- sheet. They stop away, and they all laugh. And she's like, "I like him now, so stop making fun of him, okay?" Like, you just met him. <laughs> she just immediately is on the. It's fucking. The movie's really stupid. <laughs> Pankow's uh, not even in that many movies. Oh God, I, I just keep—I'm sorry—I keep going back to stupid shit that Melanie Griffith does. Oh yeah, and and, and it seems like she's doing a I, like again. I, it feels like she's joking or doing a bit. But at one point, our Ariel—and this is just during the lengthy period of the movie where uh, she's just learning their ways—and he's listening to headphones because they're not Amish, and uh, <laughs> and she goes up, comes up behind him, and goes, Madonna. Is that Madonna? Mm. You know, like a virgin. It's like she's been there for so long at this point, and she still thinks it. He's like, no, I'm listening to like the fucking Kabbalah on tape or something like that. Uh, she's awfully stupid. But that's the whole thing. And and here's some more like, like extremely stupid dialogue mm-hmm. where you just want to scream at the television. <laughs> uh, I think this is her talking to Ariel, and she goes. Swear to me. No, it's just her talking to Mia Sarah. And she's like, like, don't don't tell people don't <laughs> tell people what my deal is or whatever. And Mia Sarah goes Swear to me. Mia Sarah goes like, okay. And she goes, Swear to me. And Mia Sarah goes, We're not allowed to swear. Yeah. And then she goes, Well, what are you allowed to do? And she goes, Make a promise. That's the same thing. Yeah. Why Yeah. I why know. are we acting like words don't have several meanings Travis you're making me not children? like this movie even more than I didn't like it. <laughs> that's fine. It's that's I'm good. okay with it. But anyways, Panko's barely in it, I, I, he's, and he's just sort of hits on her. I think he says she's got a great ass. He, he like, sexually harasses her. <laughs> and then at the end, she's like, I've decided. I thought about it, and I'm not going to hook up with you, John and Panko. And you're like, okay. I don't, yeah, good. <laughs> Nobody were, none, of, none of us were under the illusion that we were going to end up with John Panko in this. 
Uh, and then, and then, like, like the actual thriller aspect of it is just such a tiny sliver at once. So she's at the um, the jewel store, and the jewel store, and Gandolfini and another gangster come in. They're like, "Oh, we're gangsters! Uh, be ashamed if something happened to this place!" And they're like, "The gangsters did it!" And so you think the gangsters did it, and then at one point, the guy who died, um, Yakov, Yakov, uh, he has a, he has a wife. <clears throat> Her name is some Mrs. Yakov. Mrs. Yakov. <laughs> She's the worldly one who left, to, like started doing drugs, and then got came back in, into the fold again. Mara, thank you. And at one point, she like off screen. You hear her go like, "Ow!" And then they all run up to her, and this is how you know where you're like, "She did it," because they all because they all just run up to her and like, "The gangsters, they hit, they beat they me up a me. little bit." They kind of little beat, beat me up a little bit. Yeah, she's like crumpled on the side of a building. Or and whatever. you're like, wow, none of us saw that. Even the even the viewers even watching the, viewers the movie at home. at home didn't get to see it. That you must be the bad guy. And she's like, yeah, pretty much. This is a very small scale plot. This is when I stopped taking notes. Yeah, yeah. So you, you even you guessed that when it, when it happened to you. Uh, like, oh, that's pretty weird that we didn't see that. She I was I thought it was weird, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> so she did she did do it. And and at the end, like like there's this this abortive romance between the two of them. That, yeah. That is as hot as Ariel is. There's no there's oh, no there's, chemistry there. There's a, I really liked. I didn't like this movie, but I did really like the scene where they're all prepping for the what is it? Sh- Shabbos. Shabbos. That's probably the best scene of the movie. Yeah, Shabbat. where they're where they're all like making their foods mm-hmm. and they all sit down together and it's really nice and the kids are having the fun. Food, it's really good food. Porn. Everyone's laughing and it's yeah. just it's extremely cozy. Very they, they very cozy. They really party. Yeah, like this is another thing uh, that they Lots don't that they don't have in Lots common with the Amish. <laughs> yeah, they're getting all drunk and they dance and they and they yeah, dance, that was and so dance, fun. And dance That was, was the so best scene dancing. of the movie, I think. Yeah, and I, I have to say, every single thing that they make, all the food looks so really good, good yeah. with the exception mm-hmm. of this disgusting-looking carrot salad. Do you mm. remember that? No, it's, it's just like carrots and raisins. Anything it's with like, raisins mm. in it, I am immediately. Oh, not where, into and they're like mixing it with their it's hands just and like shit. Big chunks of carrots and yeah. raisins, and it's like they've got all this these this chicken. Those are not how craisins are. That's different. Those aren't craisins. It's not craisins. No, yeah. they're like big ugly carrots raisins. raisins. <laughs> but they got like the challah bread, and the challah bread looks so fucking good. Yeah. Your boy. And just like endless red wine, like just like wine of red wine. And you know the wine is delicious. Mm. Yeah, sweet. I love it, and Ooh. then this disgusting carrot salad. But the scene, mm. the scene is like <laughs> the movie looks pretty good, especially the stuff shot in these uh, Hasidic locales. Well, Sunil really no slouch. Good. Although this was yeah. considered one of his two '90s failures, the other one being, can you guess? We've done it on the show. Oh shit! Oh, we loved it. Um, uh, the, Guilty the as Rebecca sin. Rebecca one. Yeah, yeah which that was we love. Great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Go back, everybody. Watch <laughs> Guilty as Sin instead yeah. of this. I do really like. Yeah, all the like early '90s shots of like Queens and New York and stuff. That stuff's always cool. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, that's the one thing. That's, basically, that the, looks good. the only the thing food, going the for food it. and the city look great. The f- it's pretty. If you're a foodie type person, at least watch the, these scenes. If you can. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's just it had my mouth watering. Get that fucking. Carrot salad out of there, though. I'm going to make you a carrot raisin salad. <laughs> I'm going to make you, I'm going to watch you when you eat all of it. So this was, oh, did you God. know, did you guys know <laughs> that this was recut after Can? It went to Can and they recut it. They cut out most of the stuff with the partner boyfriend. No shit. Yeah, so that was a bigger part of the movie. Huh. Can't, can't a, say I wanted more of that. Didn't get a very good reception. Also, Rowney Griffith got a Razzie nom for yes. this. It was a double nom, though. She also got a Razzie nom for Shining Through the same year. Shining Through, okay, well. 
That's is that, not, that's would not that very be in our wheelhouse, but... Shining Truth? Yeah, I think we could probably pull, pull that one in there somewhere. It's Interesting. not very good, but... No, yeah. Melanie Griffith was having a hard time at this point. And it, no, she was I, actually, I mean, really, she was actually not having a hard time. She was in a lot of movies that, you know, you know she goes very well paid, but the movies weren't great. Right. Uh, yes, but... This, this was also <laughs> written by the guy who wrote Body Double. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, but if you uh, Razzies are obviously an even more one of the more disreputable institutions, even more than the Oscars or any other award thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, she's ridiculous. She's she's movie. bad in it. She's really miscast. She's bad. She's really miscast. Like like I said, the ball the ball busting cop doesn't. She can't sell that, and instead the character just comes off as tacklet tactless and kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given what the movie goes on to try to be about. It's just like, man, get this lady out of here and make her leave these nice people alone. <laughs> kind of. Why, why has she not picked up on this stuff yet? Why is she still talking about stop ball being, sweat? Like, dear Melanie Griffith in this movie, stop being such a stupid bitch. <laughs> Figure it out. It's so weird. At a certain point, you come, you just come across as like a dick. Right. Uh Yes, but okay. So, so they they decide that it's time to t- to wrap up the thriller stuff. They uh, grit their teeth and get their th- get through it. So mm-hmm. she basically was like, "It's the gangsters. They were mean, and <laughs> so we're gonna bust them." And then she she so she's there, and they come back, and they're like, "Dude, uh, you gonna give us some money for being gangsters in this neighborhood, or what?" She's like, "No, but I'm gonna arrest you, I'm you jerk. Arrest you. You're under arrest, sucker. <laughs> or what is it? You're under arrest, <laughs> sugar. And." Uh, <laughs> And then they're like, "Oh, whoa! It's a bust!" And like all the people, like but they the, get the away. There's people, a shootout. The two people working at the diamond store who weren't aware that she was undercover at this point are like, "Whoa! Yeah, that's not that surprising, I guess." There's this crazy shootout. Yeah. Um, like on the streets where like they had they have like a, a fully crowded streets in mm-hmm. New York must have cost a lot of money. And John Pankow's there because he's one. He's listening to the wiretap that they have in the jewelry store. Pankow does a stunt. He does a stunt, and then as Melanie Griffith is running away to like arrest the guy, she's like, yeah, "You're the best yeah. cop I've ever met, John Pankow, or you're something like that." Yeah, you're a real good cop. Yeah, you're the bestest cop there ever was. Really, you are. Ask me out at the end of the movie. We'll see what I'll happens. I'll still turn you down, but I like you a little more. And uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> get me out of here. Are we done with this one yet? Oh, just wait. You got a lot of Sean Connery ahead of you. Oh, man, it's going to get worse. I, I liked the Melody Griffith at the beginning, but now I'm like, oh, Jesus no. Christ. Sure. You shouldn't have encouraged me. I know. Uh, and so uh, at a certain point, she, she like shoots, like they, they turn their car around, and, uh, well, and Gandolfini's driving yeah. back at her on yeah. the sidewalk. This is, by the way, his first, his first film slash television appearance ever, I believe. Yes. Really? It's yeah. his first speaking one. I think he's in a background in another movie, but who gives a shit? Uh, and he's like, and he's immediately like, he ha- he hasn't got his thing quite yet. He's doing a real mustache twirly kind of villain. Yeah. But you're, you're, he's it's still like, I want more of that guy. He's fun, and he gets a whole death scene here. So his yeah. car like crashes into another one of the diamond uh, b- buildings. It's pretty cool. It's, no, I believe it crashes into their store. It's, it could be. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, and then he and then he has like a whole death scene, and and then while he's dying, of course, and in a moment like this, who would lie? He's like, we didn't kill that, we didn't kill that kid, we didn't kill nobody. <gasps> oh God, I'm so afraid, I'm so afraid. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has like a full like he gets to do a death rattle and everything. Should've done, it's pretty should've cool. Melody Griffith. Yeah, I'm not gonna make it. Oh, stop talking crazy, James Gandolfini. <laughs> no, I mean nah, it, bro. Nah. <laughs> Mendoza. Uh, two days to retirement. <laughs> Little Susie's growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Et cetera and so forth. 
Yes, and, and so he dies, and she's like, "That's pretty weird. Why would a guy say that on his while he's dying to me?" And uh, and then she, and but like it kind of it kind of sorts it's itself funny out. too because like if I remember incorrectly, uh, that happens, and then she kind of is like, "Wait a second. If he's telling the truth, and I'm pretty sure he is, then that means I guess that other girl killed him." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then indeed, indeed, that is the case. But that sorts itself out anyways, because like the French lady has showed up. There's a bunch of people. There's a big uh, to do. Uh, there's a doings are transpiring downstairs. Doings are transpiring. Mia Sarah is with the, was with the lady, and uh, and I think the I think M- Mara. Mara. She's like it. about to leave for, for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, well, she's she like I said, she left and came back, and she's yet again oh, going like, her husband this died. isn't for me. Yeah. I I I tried. I'm leaving. She's got a bag set up, and Mia's like, you're one of my best friends ever. I love you and she's like i'm gonna miss you and i'm gonna oh, miss she's you. like you're my only female friend yeah, yeah. pretty much she takes me sarah takes off her star of david necklace and, and she's gonna put it in her bag like as a gift and then yeah. she finds like all the money and yeah. a gun she's like oh no it was her and then she's like look that's for you see and she <laughs> like, puts a gun to her back that right there is a jimmy in your back see and she <laughs> yeah he says that and hey she, you take the jimmy from out of her back okay her back I got you, perp. There's a and standoff. There's a standoff in a in the church. Yes, they, she, she kind of like pushes, takes her into a church. And Melanie, Melanie Griffith shows is like, just there. let her go, just go. She, Melanie Griffith go, gives her gun to Ariel, mm-hmm. who has earlier in the movie gone like killing a person sometimes has to be done, but it is like extinguishing a million universes or something like that. Right, <laughs> something like damn, he, this guy does not want to kill anybody, which is very similar to stuff that people say in Witness as well uh, about violence and such. And uh, and in the end, Ariel has to put two shots, a couple in, of pills, in Mara of to save Mia Sarah's life, mm-hmm. and he starts sobbing. Yeah, it really fucks him up. And that that concludes the thriller portion of the story. And then at a certain point, Melanie Melanie actually does go to this guy's wedding. I uh, thought that was so kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know if I would have advised that. It's bizarre. Also, how long did they even know each other? This is like three days. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a big long conversation in a they talked about vaginal secretions at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did. Oh boy. Um and then and then she rejects Jonathan Pankow and breaks up with uh uh her wounded Well, she breaks up with the wounded partner. Wounded partner. And then John Pankow is like, "You know, it was good being cops with you. Do you want to go on a cruise with me?" <laughs> you want to go on a cruise? And he's, he's like, I'm, I would be a changed man after two weeks on a boat, which is. Yeah. And, and she's like, no, I'm looking for my beshirt. Yeah. Which is like her, her intended, you know, like her Destiny. soulmate. Destiny. Uh, it's a thing that they talk about. You want about some sherbet? <laughs> is that what you, you want? I'll get you some sherbet. What kind of flavor? You like orange? I can get the, I get you orange sherbet, please. Get a little wooden spoon get a little, little wooden spoon things. Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. You that's want a little panko? <laughs> that's kind of what he's like. Um, we're obviously way way better at it than he is. Uh, but but totally. there's there's one of the few moments that that I do like in this movie is this conversation. When it ends, that, yeah, and it's not particularly short either. Um, it's not that long, but there's a part where she's having a conversation with Pankow, and he's like, "Oh, you want to maybe give you want to sit on my lap, give me get married to me or whatever? What do you think?" And she goes, <laughs> "What do you think?" The next time I'm looking to get into something really stupid and degrading, I'll give you a call. Jesus. And then he, like, without even flinching, goes, like, I'll count on it. All right. It's like one of the... <laughs> That's a win. That's a win. You notice these sorts of things when you're watching this movie because you're like, that was pretty good. That was fun. <laughs> 
but yeah, oh, that's oh, a little pank out batter. I'd be re remiss not to point out too that like when she's at the wedding, and I think this this might be the very end of the movie. She's at the wedding. She sees Ariel's happy. It looks great, of course, like all this stuff does. And then you see her from from kind of like a far shot, mm -hmm. and someone walks in front of her, and she disappears Ooh. like she's fucking Batman. Oh yeah, <laughs> like she's so a cool. fucking ghost. Yes. Kaiser Soze. I was like, why do that? Because she was the stranger, the mysterious. But she wasn't even mysterious. The yeah, world's most fucked. badass cop. I love, it. I love it when stuff like that happens in these movies, too. It's like in Eddie, it's like in John Q with Eddie Griffin. You're like, what if she was a ghost the whole time? That would be so weird if she was a ghost the whole time. Would make the movie really amazing, I mean, though. truly, it all could have worked itself like out you'd, without you'd be, her. You'd be hating your life watching this movie, and then that would happen at the end. Like, the final thing is like, oh, she was a ghost. You'd be like, fuck, I have to watch this again right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see if all this adds up. Yeah. Be great, but yeah, that's that's the movie. Uh, I guess maybe she'll find her soulmate someday. But I'll either find way, my Sherbert she's somewhere. She's gonna keep killing people on the street because she demands justice. Um, yeah, I think I, I think this I got, bullet's I gonna be a stranger among your chests, perp. <laughs> she, she's what? Purple Sorry, one. why did I say that? <laughs> stranger among your chests. Uh, Sex is nice. How would you know? I mean, outside of your little Jewish Kama Sutra. Jesus wow, Christ. At one point, she sucks. <laughs> yeah. This movie, this point, is, I hate this movie so much she's more. She's so like. After, after the last 30 minutes. Yeah. She's so belligerent about like, how he won't fuck her, too. Like, it's kind of not okay. Yeah. She's like, yeah. you fuck me now. He's like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, you you better fucking do it. <laughs> Dude. He's like, my, Mel. My, my intensely held beliefs and the beliefs of my community will not allow me to do this. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> this is outrageous. God. You won't have sex with me right now. It's crazy. I mean, I know what that's like, but still. <laughs> Doesn't put you in the right. And, and this is, I, I don't know. Truly, I don't know. But this stuff, th th this get, did make me raise my eyebrow or she's talking to uh, Mia Sarah. And then Mia Sarah goes like, you're a real warrior type of whatever. And she goes, yeah, I'm a regular Joan of Arc. And then Mia Sarah goes, who? Yeah, She's like, yeah fucking know right. You Joan know who Joan of Arc is. I understand you guys don't watch TV. That also made me raise and my pop eyebrow. culture, but I feel like maybe you would know about that. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. But let us know if anybody, our listeners, if any of our listeners are Hasidic. I could be wrong. Uh, let us know if any of you have never heard of Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc is. Uh, join our Patreon if you don't know who Joan of Arc is, and if you do, I mean, I don't. I have no. I have no inkling what that community like does in terms of educating its people. So it's per it's possible that she never learned about it in school. It but, seems odd. But so much of this movie has already not rang true. Yeah, like if she, you know, if she's like working in the jewelry store. I feel, yeah, it seems weird. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're again, they're not Amish. They're not living <laughs> in a farm out in <laughs> right. Pennsylvania. They live in the middle of New York. Um, ratings. Uh, I'm gonna give this two Juds. It's probably worse than that, but I mean, I think that it does have interesting qualities. It's a curiosity, at least. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it like one and a half uh, Douglases for all the like the, the her insistence on having sex with this guy. It's wild. Uh, his the vaginal secretion discussions, things like that, um, and you know her terrible relationship with her. It's just it's not sleazy. It's just like her, bo her boy craziness is a problem. Stepping through a uh, sheet. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, Jesus, what am I gonna give it? 
I'm going to give a 10 out of 10 outrageously out-of-place Klezmer scores. <laughs> That's wild. Bad, one of the many, many bad choices in this movie. <laughs> this is when, like, action's happening, yeah. gunfire, car, cars driving. Somebody's about to slip on, you know, fucking bagel schmear or something, right? Uh, right, folks? Yes. Right, You're, you're right. Uh, I'm also going to give it two. It is, again, probably worse than that, but it it is... It's very, like... the. Uh, this and Rising Sun, I think, are both very bad movies. But uh, but Rising Sun, we'll, we're going to talk oh about boy. it next. I'm so excited. It really excited. kind of rises to the level of some sort of beautiful art. And, and this certainly or, just or doesn't do it. Or sinks to one. <laughs> or sinks to one, absolutely. It, it, this definitely has... I, I'm really glad I watched it. Watched it. I enjoyed it. But it is pretty slow and boring. Mm-hmm. It's much more interested in its romance than it is in its thriller aspects. And it's not good at any of that. So if you're... I would I would lean on the thriller stuff if you're going to make a bad movie. Yep. I think it's easier <laughs> to yeah. do yeah. than romance and drama. Um, but yes, uh, I'll I'll give it one Douglas for the secretions and all the talk and stuff like that. And then I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 Gandolfini death rattles. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, they give him a lot. Well, I was going to give this two and a half, but after this discussion, I'm giving it two. Mm. Yeah, like I said, it's like a begrudging too. I could even, I don't know, I don't know. I'm also tired, so I'm just like Bleh, on this, you can't be on this stranger among us. Uh, boo. Yeah. boo, boo. I'm gonna give it one, Douglas, for how horny it is, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten. Dead men in ceilings. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. One of the few moments where you go, oh, a thing, hey. Some, a thing is happening. <laughs> How about that? Uh, uh, goodbye, Stranger Among Us. <laughs> Moving on to Rising Sun, 1993, Volk Kaufman. A much, more, a much more entertaining piece of shit. Have you ever negotiated with the Japanese before? Well, this is hardly a negotiation. What is it? It's a homicide. Every aspect of your appearance and behavior will reflect on me as your senpai. My senpai? Mm. That wouldn't happen to be anything like Massa, now, would it? From the number one bestseller. Whatever happens, don't lose your temper. I don't lose my temper. That's good to know. A Philip Kaufman film. You should know I'm a black belt. But of course you are, Dale. (laughs) (laughs) What a, what a. There's at least more to say, I think. Yeah. What a fucking piece of shit. This was a delicious meal. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Give me this piece of shit, please. Yeah. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah. What a nugget of absolute <laughs> fucking garbage this is. So, based on the 1991, I believe, novel by the same name by Michael Crichton, maybe 1990 or something like that. I, I remember reading the book when it came out, too. Yeah. Uh, and then being pretty curious about the movie at the time. Uh, Michael Crichton out. being very popular. This came out when uh, all of America had Crichton mania. Yeah. It was the summer of Jurassic Park. And then Jesus, that, that later, right? this came out later this later that year, I believe. Uh, directed by Philip Kaufman, who wrote like Raiders of the Lost Ark and directed the right the stuff. The right stuff. Directed Body Snatchers. Body Snatchers. 78. Philip Kaufman in particular should be fucking ashamed of himself. Henry and June. I believe this was kind of like a work for hire. I would gig assume for money job, absolutely. But, but still, uh, Crichton famously ankled the project after a few drafts because he and Kaufman didn't get along. I thought Be- you were going to say after a few drinks. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, but uh, famously right-wing Michael Crichton, and uh, he he didn't he objected to Philip Kaufman changing the race of the lead character, 
who in the book is a white guy Mm -hmm. named Peter Smith, to a black guy named Webb Smith, played by Wesley Snipes in this movie. Also, at the time, it's important to note that there was... We are not the first people to notice that this movie is racist. (laughs) Both the book and the film were widely protested in the press by people who felt that its depiction of the Japanese was uh, dubious, to say the least. I'd say it's one of the more famously racist movies ever, at least as far as like the time of the release, like not right. factoring in like people coming to later. At the time, people were there mad are, like, about pe- this articles movie. written in the paper and stuff about like is this racist? Is this not racist? It, yes. It, to, to settle the matter now, from the hindsight of thirty years later, it's racist. I think it. <laughs> it was. I don't know how you would have watched it at the time and gone like, I don't know if it's racist. But well, of course, the media would present it as like there's a controversy over whether or not Rising Sun is well, racist, and it's like some back, people say this. Back then, people would think it was okay racism. You know. Well, I think this where the, it's the, the, <laughs> then now we're like, no racism is okay, not at all. I think the, the controversy back then also had to do with you know the the idea that oh the Japanese they were going to yeah, take exactly. over our economy. The fear of J- Japanese. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that um, that it's more amusing, I think, is because not like obviously no form of racism is antiquated or anything like that, and there's certainly anti-Japanese prejudice and always will be. But this particular flavor of racism in the movie kind of doesn't exist anymore anymore because it's based on uh, like uh, like the specifics of it. Where okay. it is the Japanese are buying all of our shit. Uh huh. And this was the thing that Americans were fucking freaking out. Oh, about there's a for, joke like, about it in Lethal Weapon too, which came out in '89. Yeah, it? it was probably 10, 15 year period of time. Yeah. I don't know when it began. Remember or the when movie Gung Ho? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. It was a huge thing. It'd yeah. be like, the Japanese, they're buying all of our shit. We're going to lose the country to the Japanese. And there's absolutely, like, it's the stupidest form of racism, and it's and it's a kind of racism that's dismissed immediately. Yeah. And in this movie, there's, like, one sentence that you can say whenever anybody brings this up where you're kind of like, well. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and everything else is completely academic after that, where you're like, well, what are we even talking about anymore? And, and it happens in this time. We're like, the Japanese, they're buying up all our shit, all our property. And they're like, they can. Yeah. It's That's for sale. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end. It's not illegal for them to do that. So if you can buy it, the Japanese can buy it. Yeah. Well, the end. Crichton, you know, claims that he wrote the book, much like Disclosure, like as as like I am just stating the facts of the situation, and if you don't like the way that I present it, it's your problem. With Disclosure, it was like, well, uh, sexual harassment is indeed a huge problem, but what if it was a chick doing it? Would that be, you know? Okay. And in this case, it's like he is trying to suggest like you need a wake up call. The Japanese are more avaricious. They are better at business than we are, and if we're not careful. They're going to beat us. They're coming to get us. And so that's kind of what he's doing here. They lost the battle, but they might just win the war. The war exactly. End. And he's just like being like, oh, I'm just sort of doing some both sides as I'm here. I'm just going to tell you, you know, Jeez. it's bullshit. Fucking stupid. But then, and so the, the movie kind of, I think, takes a lot of the economic stuff, like the business stuff out of the story that's in the novel and just makes it this like kind of lurid murder mystery that has that as a backdrop. But, uh, doesn't it somehow becomes just differently racist do you think they're trying to undercut the the overt racism by casting a black man as the hero i think that they are definitely trying to maybe not counter but at least like uh, like we're not all the way racist i think it's more like that this makes the situation more More complex more complicated yeah and it kind of does because we're talking because because instead of they you know saying instead it's Instead of 
it's a white versus th- play thing. Right. A white versus them thing. It's an American versus them thing. Yes. Rather. And know. and you trying know, to you know it it's all it's it. also offering up a character who ex- has experienced racism in his own life right. as a as a counterpoint to that. But then it also leads to scenes like where he takes the Japanese guys to the hood. Yeah. Which is right. you know, <laughs> not in the book, but <laughs> this is my Japan. God, Jesus Christ. This is what uh, this is what Michael Crichton said about why he had a problem with changing the race of okay. the of the character and this is of course a, a bunch of hemming and hawing. Uh from a racist, of course, but in a movie about U.S.-Japan relations, if you cast someone who's black, you introduce another aspect because of tension between blacks and Japanese. Yeah, good job, Mike. Okay. okay. What? So? Even if that is true. Are we making so art what? here, or what are we doing? What the fuck are you talking about? Um, but, like, okay. Here, here's it's like the an thing. onion. There's a million things to this movie. Cause in, in I addition, love that expression. In, it's like peeling an it's onion. Like peeling peeling an Do you know onion. why I love that expression so much? It's one of the dumbest fucking expressions <laughs> ever. Because it's the same shit every time yes. you peel it. You know, when you, you know what happens <laughs> when you peel like you back the layers of an onion? More it's onion. more fucking onion. <laughs> you're not oh, discovering shit. anything new, it's and you're crying. Yeah. And you're fucking crying. Yeah, it's you're a pear now. <laughs> exactly, right? It's not like, ooh, there's more nuance to this layer of the onion. It's more onion. Same shit. Uh, but like, okay, so the vast majority of movies that that are like this, they're even going way back. Uh, they're they're gonna introduce some sort of um, token character uh-huh. to be like, no, oh, we got this character here. It's so you know we don't hate this. This guy's a good guy. There's yeah, not, there's true. not one in this movie. There's not a single one in this movie. There's attempts at some of them, and even those, like... Well, the Eddie character is sort of supposed to be that He's the closest one, that but that he's guy. like a scumbag. He's a scumbag, yes. He's a, he's a loathsome, like, abusive person. And we spend the first half of the movie thinking that he's, that he's the, murderer. the bad guy. He yeah. turns out he's not the murderer. He got framed up, but he is definitely an abusive guy. Like, yeah, he's, he's an abusive guy. piece of shit. Yeah. All right, so then you, you've got Tia Carrera... Who is like uh, defined in in her adversity to the, she's from Japan, but mm-hmm. her, her father I think is black, and so she was rejected from the community and she's because of disabled. that and her deformity. So she does she sets Wait, herself apart from deformity? the Japanese. Her, her, she's got like a hand. oh her hand yeah thing. her hand she can't yes, uh, and so she's considered uh, as she puts it untouchable yeah, and it's like so. So the Japanese are really bad, aren't they? And, right? Is and that what we're of, saying? Of course, our in to the Japanese culture, the person who's showing us around is a white dude. It's an old white guy. Yeah, it's Sean Connery, whose name is John Connor. <laughs> and it was written. Movie. It was written John for him. Connery. And it was written for Sean. Yes, when he yeah. when he wrote the book. When he, he wrote like, the book, he pictured Sean Connery. Yeah. Yes. It's like, don't worry, a white, an old white man will tell you I'm an ex- about the Japanese. Travis, I'm an expert in Japanese politics. I went there once. I lived there for a while. I've I got a there. Japanese lady friend. <laughs> Here we I go. speak uh, and 40 I'm ver- or 50 words. I'm very good at golf, and I can hit you with karate chops. Now, listen to me. <laughs> These Japanese, they like respect and for, and politeness. Yeah, don't, everybody likes that. I like that. when he's just like... He's in the car with with uh, Wesley Snipes. They're going to the crime scene. Now, do me a favor. Don't raise your arms too much. They don't like that. It's like they're not fucking. Dogs. He talks about them like they're a kind of animal. They don't it's enjoy so loud up. noises. It's like my dog gets mad when there's fireworks. <laughs> you need to put a heavy blanket over them on the Fourth of July. <laughs> I've got his thunder coat for you. And yeah. Make make sure you swaddle them if you're making loud Jeez. noises. Their, their idea of the person who's like going to tell you about Japanese culture is. F- 
fully and he's like been a, it's a part of the plot of the movie that he's been accused of being a hardcore racist he's a racist hermit weirdo <laughs> that's yeah. part of his deal yes. is that he's racist who has like abandoned his family and lives alone and is just a fucking <laughs> unhinged weirdo yes but he knows a couple where he knows like a little bit about their culture and he knows a couple of the guys speaks i think a little bit of the language i believe he's supposed to be pretty fluent he's, he's in supposed the to be fluent okay yeah, uh, he's supposed to be an expert, and he's been called in by in the Asian Crimes Division of the LAPD. By the way, speaking again of Crichton's um, misgivings about casting a black actor in this role, mm-hmm. one of his other complaints was that at the time this was written, there were no black cops in that particular division of the LAPD, so it's just too unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tremendous. Yeah, tremendous, okay. Michael Crichton. Okay, buddy. Michael Crichton, if he, if he had, like... We would be so fucked if Michael Crichton was still alive. It's just like him, Scott Adams, you Elon know he'd Musk. be a fucking MAGA chud. Oh, he already was yeah. when he was on his way out. He would just be like exchanging tweets with like Scott Adams and Jordan Peterson and stuff. Oh god! Like he, he was... him and Elon Musk would be thick as thieves. Uh, these fucking nerdy. He was a white, climate change denier these, too. These white bigots who think that they're scientists. This. I didn't know anything yeah. about him. Yeah. Oh, I love it when I find out somebody that I thought was kind of interesting is a weird maggot chud. I just found out one the other day, too. It's Who? Esai uh, Morales, the bad guy from the last Mission Impossible movie. Oh, wow. Oh, you know what? I just found out. I just found out Drea uh, De Matteo from Sopranos is an anti-vaxxer. Oh, a lot of those, yeah. A lot of anti-vaxxers. Uh, a lot of anti-vaxxers <laughs> out there, yeah. Yeah. All you have to do to be an anti-vaxxer is is be stupid. So, yeah. I mean, that covers, that covers a so lot So if you're of listening to this, uh, what he just called you stupid. <laughs> anyway. Uh, join our Patreon. Yeah. Anywho, so yes, what's happened if is Mateo's listening to this. <laughs> yeah, uh, awesome. So there's That'd this there's it. this giant company. What's the name of the Japanese company in this? Uh, oh, uh, Microcon. No, Microcon's the company they're trying to buy. Oh yeah. Well then, I don't know. Don't know what to I tell you. I got it in. I got it in here somewhere. I'll tell you this: God, it's a Japanese word. Yeah. Anyway, there's this massive Japanese corporation, and they're negotiating to buy a smaller tech company called Microcon. Nakamoto. Nakamoto, that's right. And Nakamoto is going to need congressional approval in order for this sale to go through. And they're having a big gala party to celebrate, hopefully, the sale uh, at their corporate headquarters, at their tower. Because they've pretty much closed the deal. Like, they've, they're they're hoping, well, they're hoping to close the deal anyway. And, uh, they're having this big party, and there's uh, there's some crazy drums happening. Taiko drums. That yeah. Are, yeah, they're supposed to. Sorry for just calling it crazy drums. <laughs> That's what drums that means. I mean, are not crazy at all. They, it's like the mood it creates yeah. is one of like intensity <laughs> and a crazed feeling of passion. Uh, I, I tell you, if that it's was, supposed if to was, drive away the demons, right? That's what it's for. That's correct. If I was at like a in, indoor. Like business meeting and those drums were going at it, though I would be kind of like Jesus. Yeah, not not your first pick for a cocktail party, <laughs> that's for damn. sure. But it's weird because they hate but I, ad- so. I admire the bold choice. <laughs> anyway, uh, the at- vision is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese vision is based on movement, like T Rex. Uh, <laughs> so they're having this big party, and then during the party, this very sexy lady, the model Tatiana Petitz, uh goes off into the to, to the conference room where she is. Ravaged mm. by some lover. Seen from behind. It's very important that we don't see. We don't see who it is. Yeah, but lover. we see him going downtown. Yeah, rips he's, her bustier open. There's boobs out. The movie is filled with sex, nudity, oh, we get We get titty after titty. This is going to be high on the Douglas scale. It's very like. lurid. And then, but then he chokes her to death. Mm-hmm. Or does he? Or does he? 
Cut to, you know, the the movie starts now and it's it's Harvey Keitel brings in Ugh. also playing a <laughs> shitty cop again for this like is, the third episode in a row. I, I, I think I'm I feel like I'm in a fight with Harvey Keitel right now because he's just been annoying and pissing me off lately. <laughs> he's an, he's a racist corrupt cop who 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 tells his his former partner Wesley Snipes so cool. he's been assigned to to work this case at at Nakamoto Tower and uh, you have to go pick up the attaché, the guy who's going to advise us and and help us out with this case, John Connor. John Sean, Connor. Sean Connery. History's John, John greatest Connery. hope. Yes, and and then they they the, basically the the whole thing gets going from there, uh, and they they immediately find like obstruction from the Japanese folks, uh, and Wesley Snipes is doing his classic Michael Douglas and Black Rain kind of stuff, where he's like, "What are you boys doing? Like, stop, stop, ob- ob- like." Messing with my investigation, like being all high and mighty with everybody while Sean Connery tells him to, to cool it. The Japanese are crazy. They don't like it when people are rude to them. <laughs> it's bizarre, <laughs> it's right? It's an odd culture. If you hear me say, may I be of assistance, Kohai, that's your turn to step aside. He calls him Kohai. Senpai Kohai. Senpai. There's a really funny line where he's explaining this, this sort of um, um, mentor-mentee relationship, and he's like, the senpai... I'm the senpai and you're the kohai. And, and Wesley Snipes is like, senpai, is that anything like Massa? Yes, it's like, okay, does. yes, I understand. Yep, we got that in there. <laughs> that also doesn't work. Yeah, that stuff doesn't work. <laughs> Especially because like they don't seem to have a lot of like uh, Riggs and Murtaugh kind of back and forth. They don't have. They don't seem to have a ton of affection or dislike for each other. It's just like, They're well, just this there, is the job. Yeah. yeah. And I need to point out that, that Harvey Keitel is uh, a very important character because movies like this that are in, kind of inherently bigoted always have to introduce a flamboyantly mm-hmm. bigoted to, to character draw attention to kind of go like, that's actually what a racist looks like. Yes. We're just talking about the truth. He's the one who's guided by, like, hatred. Yeah, he sucks. He's, he's dropping slurs and stuff like that. And it's like, but then at the same time, he's obviously clearly at some point saying stuff that the movie does believe. So you're like, yeah. is he... Like we sometimes we agree yes. with the flamboyant, and he it turns out he character. is on the take from the Japanese anyway. Yes, but this is this is that this is the parcel of dialogue that just sort of like throws the whole thing in the trash. Where Harvey Kite tells us we're giving this country away, and then I think Wesley Snipes goes, "Nobody forced us to do it." The end. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's all legit. Uh, Who cares? So right away they they center in on Eddie Eddie Nak- Eddie Sakamoto right? Sakamoto Sakamura Eddie Sakamura. Sakamura played by the great Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yep, he's uh, good in this. He's very good in this. He's very handsome, and uh, he's the dead lady's boyfriend. And it comes becomes pretty clear that uh, he's a good suspect. Like we like him for this one because he, we we see that he kind of roughed her up every now and then. He was a real, he's, he's a gangster. He's up to no good. Uh, he seems like a likely candidate. Yep. Uh, another issue is that uh, the security footage is hard to come by. The whole movie is is just the replaying this murder over and over again in security footage as the security footage gets revised and revised again as yeah. they find out different layers of the security footage. Right. That's the entire movie. That's yeah. the whole basis of what's supposed to be interesting about it. That and the culture clash stuff yeah. and uh, the bigotry. Basically, to make, let's cut a long story short here because I don't really think that we need to dig into the details of the plot. Such as they are. Yeah. I mean, it gets overly complicated. It does. But yeah, it I'm, does. I'm I was gonna, so confused. I'm I had to have Matt spell it out for me at the I'm going to try to delineate all of that as quickly as possible. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Connery, or John Connor, he, he is sort of trying to do the diplomatic way of, of getting what he knows they need out of their Japanese adversaries. He knows their politics. 
and he's friendly with like the head of the company played by Mako. Mako, uh, legend. Y- Yoshida-san. And uh, he's sort of, he's like working the system. Mm-hmm. He's like playing from the inside out. Uh, what, meanwhile, Wesley Snipes is obviously the more aggressive investigator, and he starts to find out that the Japanese are like manipulating details of his life now. Like he's in a custody disagreement with his wife. They 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 may be sort of getting involved in that. They've hired there's an, like a bribery charge. There's that a bribery was, charge was that didn't books. go away. Yeah. Uh, there's also Steve he Buscemi. The, and he did do it, dude. Steve Buscemi is the hero in this. Steve the Buscemi's weasel. a reporter. He the weasel. He doesn't say one word in this whole movie. <laughs> no, he does. Does he really? Barely. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of dialogue. He's in the though. best. He's in the scene where the movie reacts to the racism that the movie's been. Because this movie was being accused of racism while they were shooting it. Yes, uh, and and it's just like in the, how that movie, the Ghostbusters, with the ladies in it, was kind of like reacting as they sh- as they shot it to the right. Yes, quote unquote controversy over it. Because there's movie, a scene. There's a scene where where Sean Connery or or Wesley Snipes is like, "What is this Japan bashing? What does that even mean?" Yeah, and Sean Connery's like, "Next thing they're going to be calling you a racist." Okay. This is the most telling movie in the whole thing because Steve Buscemi comes up to him. It's like halfway through or something like that. And this is straight up like to the haters mm-hmm. type shit. And he goes like, "Do you want to have any? Do you have any?" Uh, I think Steve Buscemi even is talking to Sean Connery. He goes, "Do you have any uh, response to people say that, saying that you were racist?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Hey." And then Sean Connery goes, well, "Don't hey? you fuck with me?" Hey, hey is for horses. And yeah. you're like, already he's done. Yeah. Already he's cooked. Oh my god. And he you goes, burnt. This is this is this is it, it's, and it feels like they cut a, a huge chunk out of this too. Yeah, like yeah. maybe there was too much bile on it. And he goes, "What is Japan bashing? What does it mean? All animals are created equal except the Japanese." And then, fuck off, you little shit! <laughs> Immediately, <laughs> that's just the, that's the line. It's very dumb. Uh, Any and, case. Then, and then this is them just like just afterwards talking about it, and he goes, "He's like, you become a racist, and you're." Yes, this like Wesley Snipes is going like you a racist. Yeah, yeah. Next time, be accusing you of being anti-black or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what he says. And He'll you're like the you're very idea of an old white dude who's obsessed with Japanese culture yeah. being a racist. My girlfriend's <laughs> Japanese. I can't be racist. It's very stupid. I watch Japanese porn. <laughs> How can I be racist? I watch uncensored hentai. <laughs> I'm I, into that. The shit. more tentacles, the better. So Uratsuki Doji. Have you heard of it, Kohai? I'm, I've watched all of One Piece. Have you watched my Yuko Hino? It's quite extreme. <laughs> it's hardcore. You guys. <laughs> I, you guys know these titles. I don't. Watched every installment of Kishiku the Lech. <laughs> uh, okay. But you get the idea. So I mean, it's preposterous. There's, other, there's some additional characters we need to knock out here. There's Ishihara, who is like a, a functionary at the, uh, and and like an executive assistant at Nakamoto. And at the night of the crime, he was seen all over the place taking photos, being kind of obsequious. Mm-hmm. There's also Bob Richmond. Who is the the, the is, who is like uh, uh, like a liaison? He's working for the Japanese too, and he's trying to get the microcon guys to sell. He's trying to get Senator Morton, who's played by Ray Wise from Twin Ray Peaks and Wise. RoboCop, is always uh, happy to, see to Ray sign Wise. off on the to sign off on the deal and all this stuff. So he's kind of like the the fixer. He's the fixer. Ray Wise is the sleazy politician who's yes. getting like bought by both sides. Basically, yes. And um, then the then there's the security footage. And the security footage takes its time to get to to get to Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes, and when they look at it, they see that it basically shows that Eddie was was there at the crime. Yeah, it shows his face clearly. It shows his face, face clear as day. But then they take it to uh, uh, Junko, I believe her name is Tia Carrera, mm-hmm. and that's maybe Sean Connery's girlfriend. Yeah, 
and uh, she's she's like into video production and tech and stuff, and she figures out that the video's been doctored. Mm. But they don't know how. They just know that somebody's been like, you can see that something or someone has been erased from the footage. Uh, this is the this is the Crichton stuff. And this is yeah. this is what Crichton so was all yeah, about. Sure. Was like tech, it's like tech, uh, like they'll be able the, to the latest in science. And Wesley Snipes can't elements. he can't understand how that is possible. Yeah, that th- that there's that really funny scene. Where he's like, "Are you telling me they could change the video?" And then she swaps their she, heads. She on face the, swaps. This, this but then was... she's like, "Whoever altered the it, it would take like." like 10 hours to alter this it's like yeah. shit you can do on photoshop like i could just do right now on my phone on they're like phone. they're like we have to go to the headquarters where they can actually have the tech to make this happen yeah. only the us government has deep fake <laughs> technology yeah. this this high tech like <laughs> space swap point, technology well i mean it's just this was 30 years ago it's this still. is particularly silly because like with jurassic park it's just it's, so dated it's, oh, yeah. like, it's dated now it's yeah. like fictional science and it's like that's right. still pretty amazing that they made dinosaurs and in this it's like this is all stuff that was already kind of existed and now it's so the idea of devoting so much time to be like look at this cool and like we have to go to a center of technology to learn how they altered this particular (laughs) tape i think i think it's especially amusing in the case of this movie because or in this story because of all of the constant reference to like you know uh uh like you know, masks, things behind things, representation versus reality. Like what what the Japanese are saying is not what they really mean. Their intent is this other thing, and it's like, and now they can use the technology to actually obscure reality from us. It's ridiculous. They're anyway, they're really gonna steal our country from us. Long story short, what happens is Eddie is not the killer. They framed him. What really happened was that the senator went and had sex with the girl because she was a sex worker mm-hmm. and uh got in got he gets off on choking girls because that's what she likes she too. She likes it too. And uh so she asks him to do that. He chokes her, she passes out, he flips, thinks she's dead, runs away. But she's not dead. This poor girl. They just keep on going. They just keep on adding and <laughs> revising this the per- footage. The person that they erased from the footage and basically and then they swapped his head out with with Eddie's. The person that they erased from the footage is somebody who's watching the whole time, and it was Bob Richmond, the shitty functionary guy. He saw this and was like, oh, if I kill her and make the senator think that he did it, I can use this to blackmail him and get him to, to go forth with the deal. So that's what he does. And Ishihara, the guy who was taking all the photos, he was in on it, seemingly saying he says that it's not what his boss has directed him to do but it's implied that maybe he's lying to help them save face uh and the reason he was taking all the pictures was because he was making a 3d map of the room so that they could doctor all the footage oh, later. he was google Technology. street viewing it he was google street viewing it yeah. <laughs> yeah um and that's changed from the book in the book ishihara is the killer and they don't do all that double speak and the Bob Richmond character doesn't really have anything to do with it. They changed the, the the actual murderer to a white guy in this, again, as an attempt to... And now it's not racist. ...to make it less racist. It's as easy as that, people. 100%, you watch this and go, not racist, for sure. But that's pretty much the end of the movie. I mean, like, that's once once the mystery is solved, that's it. Like, it gets pretty dull. The, the Eddie, Eddie, it turns out Eddie, well, at one point you think Eddie's dead because the he is escaping from a police raid and his car explodes... 
But he the he, scene where Eddie escapes from a police raid is possibly really the funny. most famous scene in the whole movie for uh, well, one, one very specific reason. Well, yeah, because the movie if, if the movie that keeps insisting that it's not racist, it totally exoticizes Japanese culture. It's got like him eating sushi off naked chicks and sucking sake off their tits. He's doing the sushi off naked. And it's kind of like, all right, well, if your movie, I mean, I. Yes, you can make the argument that Eddie's just a weird perv, but come on. But let me tell you, whenever this movie was on fucking Showtime or whatever, when I had cable, yeah. Oh, I'm watching Rising Sun, baby. Yeah. He dips, he dips the lady's nipple in the socket, and they <laughs> are like, loving Shit. it. They're all having so much fun. That lady likes it. it looks so like much a good party. That when the cops like bust in, yeah, like, she, she jumps up. It's just like it's like in Point Break. Yeah, exactly. A naked lady like riding, going get out of here. You, we was having fun. Get out of here, Keanu Reeves. Is. <laughs> Yeah, it reaves a Gary Pusey. Uh but that whole scene is, is pretty fucking nuts. Um uh, and then and then I mean there's just so much needless convoluted stuff. Like it's it's when stuff is this convoluted and then at the end you're kinda like okay. I think the, there's just not it's not even like satisfying convoluted. I mean it's convoluted but yeah, in service of nothing. Like it's it's boring convoluted. Like it's a bunch of like who doctored the video and who yeah, it's boring convoluted the in the way guys. where I, I was I was like, I don't know what's going on, but like does it even matter that I don't know? And it turns out it kinda doesn't. Yeah. Because once it, I explained it, it to you, you're like, Oh, that's it? Well that wasn't very interesting. <laughs> it's not like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy where every time I watch it I'm a little bit less confused, but I'm still like, wait a minute, that was wait, who? I you need know? to point out that Emily just sent us a uh, a text where she swapped Matt, Matt in my head <laughs> with her phone. It's not quite as good as in the movie. Uh, I think it's pretty actually, good. Actually, that's not quite what she did. She put my my head on uh, Sean Connery <laughs> and Matt's head on Wesley Snipes. That tracks. Easy. I did it with one hand. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> did it with one hand the whole time. So Always yeah, bet on black. I didn't even have to go. Come a long way I didn't years. have to go to the tech center in the <laughs> <laughs> this would take a computer filling an entire stadium <laughs> over three weeks. You could have to. You'd have to build a computer the size of Alcatraz. There's one in the basement of the Pentagon that could do this in a month. Welcome to the Rock, <laughs> where, where we do all of our Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. We'll have to share that. Passenger 57. <laughs> Always bet on black. Always bet on black. Winners go home and watch Rising Sun. <laughs> well, um, there's also this whole like underlying like weird ethical moral thing where they're fo they're saying that like the United States focuses on on finding someone to blame for a problem where Japan focuses on the solution to the problem yeah which i thought was it, kind it's of both it's both it's kind of that that weird bigotry where it's clearly it's like begrudging them, respect almost but at the same time yeah. it's like you got to admit they're doing it better than we are too classic classic drill tweet like, like you what, do you do not yeah. in fact have to hand yeah. it to them they're like gonna what's, win, what's they're... better finding the bad guy or or right. solving the crime yeah yeah, I think it, yeah. Because you can't always do you both. Can't always do both. And I and like just the idea that like they're they're so they're like the world's most effective killers. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I admire its purity because they're such they're so good at it being is real. They're so good at being so shifty. It also, is real. I admire its purity. Yeah. Shit, also, it? so much fucking happens in this movie. It feels like weeks and weeks go by, and then at some like point, at half. some point, it was like, yeah, you know, at the party last night when the girl was yeah, murdered, and I was, like, right. I was like, what the fuck? That yeah. was crazy. <laughs> I felt like I was losing my damn mind. That's yeah. one of the craziest <laughs> examples of that. Because it's, I swear to God, we saw the sun rise and set several times. Right. Rising sun, baby. <laughs> That's we had right. to. Yeah, we had some party last night. You're like, shit, it's the end of the movie. What? I, I know. It was like last <laughs> what night. Are you talking about? What? <laughs> it yeah. sure didn't feel breathlessly paced like, yeah, like this it was movie all made me lose my mind in a really, really boring fast. way. Yeah. 
And at the end of the movie, they 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 unmask the killer, and it's shitty Bob Richmond, the uh, the the, li- the liaison, and he gets chased out of the building by Eddie Sakamura's. Oh, this is the coolest part. Uh, thugs, and they toss him into a, co- a construction site and bury him in concrete. I like this, that. This part that was so funny to me because John, Sean Connery is. Uh, it's, it's, it's Sean, some of this is just because stars are stars. Yeah. And so Sean Connery, it's it's very funny. Sean but he's Connery's, doing like a fight scene. Yeah, his son, Sean Connery's a full, what, 30, 20, 30 years older than Wesley Snipes, yeah. but he's the bigger star, and so they get so he does everything. Wesley Snipes, who knows karate, and is Wesley Snipes is kind of like, Sean Connery's like, I'll take care of this. And what? he's like yeah. ninja around. But, but, but he also just knows everything. He doesn't just know about Japanese culture. He knows everything. everything. And at the very end, the guy gets dropped into the concrete, and Wesley Snipes is like, we gotta help him. And Sean Connery is like, nah, that's very fast drawing cement. <laughs> like, you know what kind of cement? It I like, is? And then just they just kind of, they kind of just watch him sink. <laughs> he sinks in. There's no chance. I liked the part where, he, well, he says it's very quick drawing cement. He's like, and they're not gonna want to open that up. They're not. Gonna. They're not gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna want to bust open the foundation of this building yeah. or whatever. It's like, okay, just let him die. I, I liked the scene where they go to the, they try to go to the party. And the, the bouncer there is, like, chewing on a fucking matchstick. And he's like, I'm a fucking seventh-degree black belt, Sean Connery. And Sean Connery immediately flips into James Bond mode. He's like, but of course you are, dear. If, that's pretty great. <laughs> and he, like, he choke punches him or whatever. And the guy's like, Ugh! Sean Connery. Vulcan neck pinches people yeah. in this movie. You yeah, that was kind of tight. You can't over-exaggerate how ridiculous and stupid this movie is. <laughs> yeah. He does that to Harvey Keitel. He just like grabs him by the neck and he's like, Ugh. it's straight yeah, he, up the he Vulcan, Vulcan neck nerve pinch. pinches him. Yeah, it's That's very not funny. That's a thing. <laughs> That's I, li- I was there for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned. A I few went things. to Japan at Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> I got the candy where you can eat the wrapper, and I also have a figment plushie. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. watched all of Evangelion, <laughs> even the movies. I prefer Project Echo to Project Beagle. <laughs> uh, so I like. See what I like about this movie is that the like the fun parts, the non the non like video doctoring parts are are fucking hilarious. Yes, like they're a combination of egregiously, almost like ludicrously, cartoonishly racist and dopey, pulpy, exciting. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when when he leads the the thugs on a the 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 guys the Japanese guys on a merry chase through the through the hood and makes uh, it makes the black guys in the hood <laughs> who are like the the Japanese guys are in their vintage fucking Cadillac or whatever and these guys are like hey what, do you, what kind of car do you got there is that for sale and they're just harassing them. They cut open the, the, the ragtop of the car with a giant knife with a yeah, giant like, machete. It's, it's so like we assumed weird. this car was for sale and then it cuts to the Japanese driving away going ah. <laughs> it's it's it reminded me of that scene in Animal House where the guys like and we dance with your dates. It's like okay, <laughs> Philip Kaufman, director, fascinating of the movie, right stuff. fascinating movie. Jesus Christ! But I I, I can't stress. I mean, it's obviously terrible as as you've gleaned from everything that we've said about it. But I was yeah. This is the most I've ever enjoyed this movie, and I've seen it so many times. I know I've seen this probably twenty times. But like the the most when I when I fully realized just how terrible it is, that's when it clicked in my brain where I was like, "This Ooh. is a goddamn delight." It's this brutal. movie, I had so much fun watching it. Brutal. It's just so embarrassing. Yeah, it really is. Nathan I, Raven wrote a really good piece on in the Dissolve about ten years ago that's worth checking out. Really? Yeah. Uh, think of Wesley Snipes. 
like the sh- like Wesley Snipes has done dirty in this movie. <laughs> I just think it's because Sean Connery was a bigger star. Who yeah, knows? he doesn't really do much or act but in they, a certain way. They give him really terrible lines in it too. This is like one of the cleverer ones. Just you know, standard like action movie one-liners or whatever. But this is when he's frustrated with Sean Connery, who, as we re- recall, re- insists that he calls him senpai. He's like, look, yeah. senpai, apple pie, whatever it is you want me senpai, to call apple him. Pie. Oh. It's like stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, ugh, come on. <laughs> let's let's go back to the dry. Um, this is Harvey Keitel talking about... Um, this is just a bunch of Harvey Keitel's crazy my, my favorite, shit. My favorite Harvey Keitel racist line is uh, is when they're at the party investigating the crime and somebody goes to Harvey Keitel he's like hey you want some sushi oh god and he goes no thanks if I want mercury I'll eat a thermometer the, the mercury like, thing that feels that actually does feel ahead of its time <laughs> I get I it I mean like, I, I get feel it. like I remember people talking about fish and mercury until like yeah. 15 years after that so yeah. uh, give him that um, but this is uh, Harvey Keitel just going because he just met these people Actually, maybe they know him. I don't know. Who cares? But we just met him. And and he's like, these Japanese people, this is so funny to me. They spend their whole lives in Tokyo, and they're all jammed together, you know, trying to survive. And then they come to America, and they're all open and free, and they all want to fuck a Rose Bowl queen. And it's like, Tokyo's nice. <laughs> Everybody likes Tokyo. <laughs> Nobody's ever gone but to Tokyo. Doesn't he, doesn't like, he follow that sucks. up? And he's like, "Is that your theory?" And he's like, "No, my theory is you're world class perverts." Yeah. Wow. No, th- this is what he says. Those guys, the- these guys, are known world class perversion freaks. There we go. Known world class perversion freaks. But I love the idea of like Japanese people like leaving Tokyo. The prison, Legend, the prison that legendary, is Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> legendary city, and coming to Los Angeles and going like, ah. <laughs> Finally, I can breathe again. We got it. Uh, We need to point out that they refer to, they continuously refer to the lady who likes to be choked as a Gasper. That's it. That's nice. (laughs) She's a Gasper. I've never heard that in any other. Another another before. good another good Harvey Keitel is he's watching he's watching Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa have sex with a couple of chicks and he's like. (laughs) <laughs> Blundering our natural resources. That, the most These racist fucking thing guys are yeah. into everything. Yeah, that that's some just real pure, <laughs> some real pure racism right there. Wow, Jesus Christ! Uh, there's a couple of good Sean Connery lines. We we might come from a fragmented MTV video rap culture. Oh this God, is, MTV this video is, rap video not. culture. MTV video rap fragmented. Culture. MTV rap video culture. This uh, is such such old white dude shit. Some other good ones here. We're playing that most American of games. And then you're like, here we go. Here we go. What is it? Catch up. Oh. oh. When, when Snipes, Snipes okay. asks him if he's from Scotland Yard, and he goes, Scotland Backyard. What? What? <laughs> what? Down and down. Very cool. They, Wesley Snipes has at least has one good line that they gave him where somebody like tells him, and it's obviously no. The, that's the killer. The killer is the, like mistakes him for a valet. Yeah, he's like, and get goes, the senator's get, car. Get, get, the, get his car or whatever. And he goes, wrong guy, wrong fucking century. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he finishes off with you penguin looking motherfucker. And, and he does finish. <laughs> that's it. They can't even give him one moment. Like they have to like penguin looking motherfucker because he's wearing mm-hmm. a tux. Yeah. And penguins wear tuxedos. That's, um, that's a fact. <laughs> another favorite Wesley Snipes line in this is when he he opens the door, the secret door to like the the executive. Well, the room where they take the girls. And he goes, ah, the executive fuck chamber. It's yeah, okay. It must be I, nice to be rich. I, I, I think we need a hot chick's room here. 
<laughs> Do you remember? They're like investigating, I think it's her apartment or whatever. And there's like Love Shack playing in the background. <laughs> and there's like a, a plate with a bunch of lines of cocaine on it. And he like, he like he picks up this all these lines of cocaine and then he he like tastes it like, <laughs> like what the fuck else could it be? Yeah, I love hmm. it. Cocaine, just as I well, thought. I crush oh, up my, I crush up my Cheerios and put them into lines because I think that's fun. It's like there's only two things this could be: cocaine or Cheerios. <laughs> this is this is Harvey again. Sometimes this movie is is almost visionary in like a stupid sort of way mm-hmm. because like this this. This fe- it still feels contemporary, where a lot of the stuff people are railing against is essentially like cancel culture and racial yeah. sensitivity and that sort of thing. Because of course it would be. Well, people, the movie people were complaining about this movie's racism yeah, as it was being made. It seems like there's a there's a version of this movie where they're like the Japanese are entirely too woke. Yes, exactly. And people that think <laughs> they that love we're having racist. fun and like adventurous sex. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is Harvey we're Keitel also good at tech. R- ranting about the word reactionary. Pretty pretty important stuff, I feel like. What does it mean what does that mean anyways? Reactionary. Is that a dirty word like racist or something? All this talk of race all the time. Whatever happened to good and evil? Whatever happened to he did it? Mm. Yeah. Good point. Is that a dirty word like racist or something? People who call me Is racist. Is that a dirty are word like racists. authoritarian or dictator? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty amazing. Thirty years ago. Nothing fucking changes, man. No, it's, I would argue that it's worse now. Uh, it's wor- I mean, it's worse. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, this is just a strain of the same shit that was going on a long, long time ago. It's weird. It's weird to me that, like, obviously, this was very plainly racist 30 years ago. I didn't notice that. That I was a kid, but yeah. now it's like when you watch when you watch stuff like this, and here comes the racist character saying that, like you were saying, like we we have like the token super racist guy saying stuff, mm-hmm. and now it's like people just talk like that all the time. Now it's like it's a, it, we've entered this weird period, like in the last ten years or so, where now like you you can say the quiet part loud, and it's mm-hmm. just like assumed that you should be able to do that now. Yeah, you know they came out of the woodwork again. It's oh, disgusting. They're, they're, yeah, they're definitely well out of the out of the woodwork. Yeah, but it's like a like if I think if you weren't paying attention, it felt like that that went away for a long time, and now it's back. Whereas it never really went away; it was always there. Yeah, it's just it's just the way that this movie is reacting to the charges against it in real time. What is, is Japan is very bashing? Is that when you find a Japanese person you bash them? What does that mean? <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go play some golf. There's a there's a part at the end that, that it just like puts a perfect little punctuation on the whole thing. When he goes and tries to pick up Jingo at the end, where he's like, "No, that's very weird, though. Like as if we gave a shit." Where it's like the yeah. one final mystery. Was I supposed to think that there was like a thing going on? <laughs> it between turns them? out that Sean Connery and Tia Carrera are dating, and you're like, "Who fucking what? Who cares?" They're, no sh- they're stooping in the yeah, terms of John. That's what Panko. the movie goes out of. But before that, it's like uh, Wesley Snipes and Sean Connery's final interaction. Oh yeah, and it's and it's like he's kind of like demonstrating that like what he's learned. And he's like, get me the key. And he's like, oh, so is the key is supposed to be like, you're, so you're the senpai and I'm the other one. So the key the is kind of like the meaning. The key to the car, Yeah, but it's, but it's sort of like, this is, I'm, I've learned from you about Japanese culture. Like, none of these, you're not, he's not Japanese. He's a racist white dude. <laughs> That's like the, the resolution is like patching up things with a. Yeah. A white guy who like fetishizes Japanese culture as opposed yeah, to an like, actual Japanese person. Yeah, just because he's read a couple of books doesn't mean he's Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but uh, ridiculous. Did you one more one more thing before I think we should move on from uh-huh. this movie? Uh, is did you did you like the music? Because beyond the taiko drum stuff, there's a lot of like like um, 
there'll be like uh, that line at the end of the movie where he's like, "What is? What is the? Key? Where's the key? Oh, the key to the key to what? The key? The key to the car, Wesley Snipes." And then it'll go like, "There'll be like a little Oriental sting on the, yeah, like very very like crappy stereotype Asian music on the on the. Well, it's very funny. It's pretty like a, they might as well have a slide whistle. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> silly. Uh, yeah, this is, this will be interesting ratings. I'm gonna give this. Gosh. I'm gonna give this three juds uh-huh. because I found it really entertainingly terrible. Like, not not and not entertainingly terrible in the way that like something is, um, like amusingly bad, like inept. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty well made. Like it's polished. It's good looking. You Bill know what Kaufman. I mean? Yeah, it's well it's well directed. Um, but it's just like so astonishingly tin-eared and stupid and racist that I couldn't. I was Michael just, Chapman cinematographer. There you go. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, I've just I'm just I was into this. I this is a very enjoyable piece of garbage. I li- it, like like it's a nice meal to sink my teeth into as somebody who's doing a show like this. It's yeah. like oh here we go. This is the kind of stuff that we should be doing on the show. Mm-hmm. So I found this a lot of fun. It's terrible. So I'm giving it three juds for that reason. I'm gonna give it like three Douglases. There's a lot of boobs. There's a lot of fucking. There's a lot of talk about boobs and a lot of talk about fucking. Horny as hell. It's very horny. Um, and the scene, the scene with Tatiana Patitz, the sex scene, was pretty infamous at the time. Yeah. You know, this was the this was the time of the erotic thriller, and this was one of those movies that was marketed on that kind of thing. It's not an erotic thriller, but it has kind some of, of those trappings. Yeah. yeah. So definitely three Douglases there, and I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it ten out of ten sake nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes, I have to. I'm just gonna echo everything that Matt said about that. Uh, so I'm gonna give it three as well for the same reasons. It's a terrible movie, but you know it's so, it's solid as far as the bones of it are concerned. But it's but it's so flamboyantly stupid and misbegotten that as soon as it's, it's just, just all the way through too, from the moment it begins to the very end of the thing, you're just like, I can't believe how silly and embarrassing this thing is in a good way. Because uh, I, I had a I had certainly the most fun I've ever had watching this movie, and but the, be forewarned, uh, it's not good. It's just bad. It's just it's just really <laughs> it's embar- not good. It's, it's just, just really em- embarrassing, and it keeps coming at you with it with the stuff. Uh, everybody should be embarrassed. But thank you also for making this movie. <laughs> I, will, I will watch it again and and enjoy it. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it three. Uh, I might even go to three and a half. I mean, because there's just so damn much of it. Um, I think this movie's got like full frontal nudity in it, and yeah. of course the suit. But like, in addition to the famous like sushi sex scene, there's tons more stuff. And at one point, um, when they go to the sex house as part of their investigations, uh, there's some ladies in one of the sex rooms listening to uh, Love Shack. Yeah, yep. By the uh, B-52s. <laughs> it's a sex farm for sex hookers. Every and everyone seems to be having a great time. And good for them. Love Shack, baby. <laughs> Love Shack, baby. Uh, tin roof rusted. <laughs> tin roof rusted. Oh no. And uh, shit. I'm gonna give it. Um, God, I don't want to use that one. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Jeez, now I want to know. What it <laughs> All right, was. ten out of ten. Uh, dead Tia Carrera hands. Oh, Ooh. Jesus. I thought you were going to go with Connery nerve pinches. <laughs> Vulcan neck pinches. <laughs> There's a lot. I think that they have that in Japan. The Vulcan That's mind. That's like maybe a Japanese thing. The Vulcan mind eschews all emotion in favor of logic, Kawhi. <laughs> all right. You know, this movie was kind of silly. It just didn't hit for me. I had, I 
It was like hard for me to get through. I didn't like it. I wasn't amused. <laughs> 125 minutes too. We need to point out. <sighs> Pushing it. Fucking Christ. And it, it takes pushed. place over like 36 hours. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it when it was performance. There was like a couple funny things, but it just like really just missed the mark for me. I'm giving it two Juds, just like Stranger Among Us. Both of these are just like, Ugh. and also Harvey Keitel's pissing me off, but he's <laughs> it's because he's good though, you know. He is supposed to. I have yeah. a begrudging respect. Uh, I'm giving this three Douglases for all the butts, boobs, and vaginas. Vaginas? <laughs> 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 three Bs. Bajingos? Bazinga. 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 And I'm going to get 10 out of 10 hours spent face swapping. Yeah. <laughs> you swapped my face for the last time, Shutterback. <laughs> uh, All right. Nobody let's, does let's... that to James Bond. <laughs> now for my favorite. Ah, The Kingdom. 2007's The Kingdom from Peterburg. We just learned that one hour ago, suicide bombers attacked an American housing compound in Saudi Arabia. The killers wore Saudi police uniforms. Number so far, 100 plus killed. 200 plus injured. The FBI would like an evidence response team in Saudi Arabia now. Your Excellency, Special Agent Flurry of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and his colleagues. This is not America. Your safety is my primary concern. Your team cannot work at night. You're not safe. Oh, we're safe during the day, huh? I know you want him caught. We want him caught. Allow us to help your men catch this criminal. I have two daughters and a son. A man who can plan mass murder. Scares me more than anything. People in the Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. don't make any sudden movements. <laughs> they don't, don't like it your... when you wave your arms. <laughs> if they I... try to attack you, make yourself seem larger. <laughs> They're period to track bears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, these movies are just so similar. They are. They're very astonishingly similar. I am ashamed to say that I really, really like this movie, but it's bad. Uh, it's very. It well, it has a lot of bad things in it, but it is a really exciting action movie. If you can turn that part of your brain aside, sort of like look at it from that perspective, it's a really exciting thriller. However, the racism and the tokenism here is astonishing. I think it's interesting that in the, like, spiritually, it's not a lot different than, like, a canon movie from the 80s or right. something, where just, like, Americans go to some place, show them what's what, mm -hmm. kick fucking ass, take names, make friends with them, because American culture is superior. Yeah. But this isn't done like that. This is done by Peter Berg in, like, prestige mode, mm -hmm. and so it feels like a Peter Green, it looks like a Peter Greengrass, Paul Greengrass, Paul Greengrass yeah. movie. Uh, it feels like it's serious. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And it's written by Matthew Michael Carnahan, who wrote, like, fucking Syriana. And, you know, it's trying to be, you know, this is the time of those movies where it was, like, topical thrillers. We got to do something out of this stuff. Yeah. Right? And uh, and it's it's mired in some weird both sidesism and, like, a lot of tokenism, like, there are the good Arabs and the bad ones. And we're complicit, but also, you know, terrorism. This is a, 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 the same problem with... Uh, all, all of these movies, and, and The Siege too, where you're being like told a lot of things about a kind of people, and you're like, I don't know if I trust the yeah, source What are here. these data points? Where I are they coming believe, from? I don't know if I... This doesn't feel convincing. Mm -hmm. I'm not convinced that this is a re reflection, an accurate reflection of Saudi culture or Saudi... And, I mean, and like, at all. And certainly there is much about what we know about the way that things go in Saudi Arabia that is worth criticizing. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not... That's not the... That's not, that's not what I'm talking about here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it just feels in it just feels inauthentic. And since the whole idea is like we're going to this place, and you know, like there's a there's a clash between the way we do things and the way they do things. Yeah. And, but then we find common ground at right. the same time too, and all this. But none of it feels real. Doesn't feel authentic at all. <coughs> the whole way through. Despite the fact that I'm sure the people that who the people that made this movie would insist on its authenticity, takes itself seriously, and it's it's produced by Michael Mann, who I believe intended to direct this at some point. Mm, would have been very different. I'm sure it would have been very different. I'm glad he didn't do it. It's better as a Peter Berg movie, frankly. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't um, waste his time with this material. But, but for all that, all that said, like I, again, this is an incredibly fun, exciting movie. The characters are all fun to watch. The dialogue's really good. The performances are all really good. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Chris Cooper are especially really good in it. Jason Bateman has, Always, a lot, has, Jason a, has Bateman got wear, jokes. Wearing his pixie shirt, doing jokes. Chris Cooper? Yeah, I was watching this with uh, with Corey, who'd never heard of it before, and, he, and then like just like eight minutes into the movie, it was like, the cast in this movie is insane. insane. And fucking Coach Taylor's in it. Yeah, oh, he's know. he's a cameo. Yeah, bear, sort of, yeah. He's a it's long It's basically cameo, a glorified yeah. cameo. Uh, as Uncle Fran, and I really like the guy who plays the the main Saudi cop, like their their liaison. He's my he's he's my highlight. He's MVP, movie. really. He's great in it. Yes. Jennifer Garner, by the way, fucking she's killing so it cool. here. I yeah, I, uh, I'm not susceptible to her charms. I think she's really terrific in this, though. Like uh, I love, I and I I especially love that like they keep they keep doing they do a thing in this where they try to. They try to make it like she's uh, overcompensating for her emotional attachment to the situation by, by by acting like too tough. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, she is really fucking that tough. Like it's not it's not bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's not an act. Like she's both sides. Like she can have those two. It's like a really interesting way to develop that character. Yeah. Like she's not the softy. She's not overcompensating. She really does have this extreme emotional attachment to the situation. And when it's time to rock and roll. She kicks, she, kicks she kicks ass. She kicks ass. Uh, the actor's name, who, who, who I think his name is, uh, plays a character named Faris. Faris, yeah. His name is Ashraf Barum. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's and great. He's, he's, great. he's my favorite part of the whole movie. He rules. Yeah. Um, but I, the movie begins where this is a classic with an amazing like, opening credit like, sequence. Oh man, what are we? What are we doing? Yeah, here we go. Timeline. It's like graphics. It's like a quick, a brief history of Saudi Arabia, <laughs> it's particularly like, it's like a YouTube let's video. Catch up, get like everyone abs- up to it, speed before we jump in. You know, it, the graphics and everything. It does look. Just like a YouTube video um, that would have t- taken like maybe a, a day and a half to produce, but now nowadays. Emily could do it on her phone. Emily like, might just one hand, hand. while yeah. we're do- while we're doing this. It's gonna end with <laughs> it's gonna end with an airplane flying into me and Travis. Yes. But in case you thought that you weren't gonna have fun, uh, the score is by Danny Elfman. So <laughs> Danny it's Elfman, go- it's yeah. gonna be great. <laughs> we were talking in the group text last night about how this should have been a Tim Burton, Danny Elfman yeah. score. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the montage of, of U.S.-Saudi yeah. relations goes. It's got the Men in Black font. <laughs> I would, I would like it more. There's like, there's like a Pee Wee Herman, like Rube Goldberg, like of oil, like going through everything. <laughs> That's a movie right there. Yay! As it, as it happens, he's kind of doing explosions in the sky. Yeah. Was like, can you, yeah. Hey, Danny, can you do explosions it's in the sky? It's very serious, actually. It's a good score. Yeah. It's fine. I don't have any I, I found it's, it to be one of the more memorable it's no Tales from the Crypt, but this movie. Okay. We'll but, I, but Okay, while we're still talking about this intro, like yeah. th- this, my favorite moment in the whole movie happens in this like opening thing. And it's just sort of like basically more a history of um, America's uh, like kind of oil business relationship with Saudi Arabia yeah, over yeah. the last hundred years. 
And it culminates so beautifully <laughs> where it shows kind of like the uh, – he's got these bar charts. Yeah, it's And it's all graph. three-dimensional. And one of the, one of the bar, mm. charts, bar charts of one is like the highest oil-producing country in the world is Saudi Arabia. And the, and the bar keeps going high and high. And it goes, the highest oil purchaser in the world is America. And the bar goes high. And the camera and pulls the, back. The camera pulls back. The bars, those two bars, are the motherfucking twin towers. Yeah. And a plane crashes into them. It's great. Honestly, and though, then it goes pretty, the kingdom. And pretty you're like, fucking cool. Oh, 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 oh. Yep. Here we go. Wow, okay, while we're talking about while we're talking about 9/11, um, <laughs> let's go. Yes, yesterday, I found a movie on the internet uh, that is called 9/11. Did you guys know about this? Starring Whoopi Goldberg. Um, yes. And it's about five people stuck in an elevator on yes. one of the twin towers on 9/11. Yes. What a I have, great I idea. I have heard of this, but have not watched it's it. It's insane. We don't have it here at the store, but really? I, I thought that was. Why don't pretty. we have that? Unless it's just impossible to search for, because I search. It's literally called nine slash eleven, and I looked through the titles. Hmm. We'll find it. We'll find it somewhere. Anyways, there's a bunch of. I forget who else is in it, but it it, it was like they have to figure out how to get out of the elevator before the unthinkable happens. But then one of the guys in the elevator is also <laughs> the devil from M Night Shyamalan. It's <laughs> yeah. elevator, the devil. scary elevator, scary elevator, <laughs> whatever that elevator. Was it just Elevator? It's just called Devil. It's called Devil. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and the Correct. and the V is the down uh, elevator button. Yeah, it's oh, actually wow. it's actually a pretty fun movie. Yeah, sure. I want to rewatch it because I remember it sucking, but I love Shyamalan. So who knows? He but didn't you... direct it. He just like produced it or something. Oh. Like but we go from the Anyhow. best part of the movie, uh, the the graphic ending in 9/11. Uh, this is, so this is to the second best part of the movie where they kill a bunch of white people <laughs> on their compound. The bombing on the base at uh, the baseball game or whatever. Yeah. It's 2007. Yeah. So he's so Peter. As I said, Peter's he, he's Peter Berg is doing Paul Greengrass. Yeah, that's gonna be hard for me. Uh, the Peter Paul thing. Uh, he's doing Paul Greengrass, and I think it's it, he he kind of gets a handle on it by the final uh, action scene, which I think is quite good. But at this point, that action scene's kind better of, than most of Paul Greengrass's that's action. A, it's yes. a lot. I know that you are the, a big the, fan of the Bourne films, but I think that Peter Berg is a better action director. I also really like. What else does he do besides uh, Hancock? Peter Berg. Yeah. Uh, the Lone Survivor, The I, Rundown. I don't think I've seen any of his movies besides Friday Night Battleship. Lights, Battleship. Oh, you guys all love Friday Night Lights. I, I don't. Huh? I don't know. But I mean, he has. Uh, he was a better action director than Paul Greengrass. His last few films have been pretty terrible. He yeah. made a movie called Mile Twenty Two. He's probably just tired. Which is one of the worst action movies I've ever seen. He's probably just Ooh. tired. And his his I think his last one was that Spencer Confidential one with Mark Wahlberg that went straight to Netflix. That was fucking terrible. Everybody made fun of that one. Patriots Day, not very good. The one where really? they invented oh, yeah. a kept, character for Mark Wahlberg to play. He to, kept doing uh, prestige <laughs> would be prestige pieces with the, Mark. The Wahlberg. last one of his that I thought was pretty good, not great, was was the uh, Deepwater Horizon one with Kurt Russell and him. Uh, that that one was all right. They just did like a say, the same thing like eight. Days later or something, they just they kept came out pretty close out. to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and who could possibly give a shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, like I think that he's he's kind of doing a bad facsimile in this opening scene. Mm -hmm. But by the but the, in the final like the last third of this movie or quarter of this movie is just one big long action scene. And I think it's very good. Yeah. But in this first part, it's like the the cameras. I think the my rule. <laughs> Whatever. The Travis vote rule. <laughs> the Travis vote rule for this kind of camera the TV work experience is that <laughs> like the cam is if the camera has to be moving around as if it would in real life. It's because it's it's faux. Sure, you're trying faux, to make faux documentary. Yeah. Yeah. So if the camera's moving around, it's got to be like you're follow you're running to follow action. Right. This or that. But sometimes you'll just see like a shot of something, and it's just clearly like a person is shaking. 
Yeah. He's like, stop shaking the, ca- the camera. That doesn't make sense that the camera's shaky here. Right. Even even uh, Paul Greengrass does that sometimes, too. Drives me nuts. Um, but it's it's kind of out of hand in this one. But it's like a, a very idyllic scene in this American base in Saudi Arabia, like Americans brought over to work on the oil or whatever. Yeah, they live <clears> in this <throat> fenced-off compound. It's guarded by security, and uh, it's made to look like an American neighborhood. Yeah. Because the people that do this job, they they live over there and they work for years. Looks yeah, like it's Arizona. Fans. Yeah, well, it I believe Arizona. they shot it. It, it, it is Arizona. It is, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it is Mesa, Arizona. They did shoot like for two weeks in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, they did some establishing like location work, did but they? most of it was shot in in Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so these did they send Nermal over to Abu Dhabi? <laughs> <laughs> Famously, Abu Dhabi most famous for being the place that Garfield sends Nermal or attempts to send him. or attempts. I don't think he ever su- successfully did it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, about like a bunch of like terrorists come through with in a car, and all all this is like distraction. It turns out they're just like gunning down houses and stuff like that. They're made to look like Saudi troops or Saudi police. Yeah, uh-huh. they they're, they're the disguised, uniforms. and they drive. They're driving through this compound with their machine guns, and and they're shooting shooting, shooting up people. a little league game. Yeah. Innocence shattered. Uh, and then this is all the distraction, so they can plant a bomb some other. We, I think yeah, it's we don't, like we don't also, find that out right away. Yeah, the, but the, they do it twice though. Yeah, because they do it in this opening scene. Then they blow up a bomb. Yeah, and then all the um, like uh, all the first, first responders, responders come up. to respond, and that's more people. And in they've the area. hidden a bomb. We find out later in an ambulance. And that's after the guy called. Uh, what's his face? Coach Taylor calls Jamie Foxx and is like, you got to get down here, partner. <laughs> Jamie Foxx, whose name is Ronald Flurry. Yeah. Ronald, Ronald, Ronald McDonald McFlurry. <laughs> Ronald McDonald McFlurry. <laughs> the original. <laughs> the original uh, and the best. And But but as as he's calling him and saying, like, buddy, you know, my ex-partner, my good friend, my son, my, my son's godfather. Yeah. They call him Uncle Flurry. Please. Or no, Uncle uh, Fran. Uncle Fran. <laughs> Uncle McFlurry. Yeah. You got to come McFlurry. You gotta come to Saudi Arabia. You got to come to Riyadh and, and help help us solve this crime. Uh-oh, boom. And oh, he no. Gets, he gets blown up on the phone. Mm. Because they blew up an ambulance. An ambulance, Jamie which we find Fox out later. Is yeah, furious about yeah. this. Everybody's He's like, very we mad. are going to get our boots on the ground. We're going to go kick ass and solve this crime. We're going to catch the bad guys. I want to go over there. And Richard Jenkins, the FBI director, is like, sorry, son, you can't. But then he eventually gets talked into it and has to go to bat for him. Also, Jenkins, he gets Jenkins this call. Jenkins is the good guy. Yeah. And who's the uh, – Danny, Danny Houston, Houston is the bad, the bad guy who's like, we don't believe in – justice also jamie fox gets this call while he's at his son's school for like a this is what my dad does kind of show and tell thing (laughs) where (laughs) this kid's so proud of his dad it's like and he's killing too he's telling jokes to his kids and he's the kids fucking love it they're the crowd's going wild do you think that this was uh, that this was on purpose that jamie fox the main character in this movie a movie about 9-11 related type stuff got the call during the kids thing he's at it he's, can't, he might as well be reading my pet goat it couldn't have been That's, not thought about that sounds like a very peter bergy touch yeah i think it's slightly uh, on purpose but yeah. it, all that kind of doesn't matter uh jamie fox gets he's for a loves his kids well he's like he's like a good relationship with his child well jamie fox is which should be clear he's an fbi agent yeah and he has like a forensics team so he's kind of like csi he's mm-hmm. like he's like david caruso here you know and his team is Jennifer Garner. I love this team. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman who speaks who's almost like, entirely he's like in a jokes. forensic guy. Usually Jason Bateman really annoys me. I was he I was cracking he's, up the whole time. He's playing the Jason Bateman guy here but is really good at it. He's doing great. He he I was just laughing. And his, like, his it was really hitting shirt. for me. I think it's great. Everyone's wearing camo. He's wearing a dark green pixie shirt. Yeah. I think he's great but it's he's also one of those characters where you're like 
Why is a guy like you in this? Well, in this that's biz? he's the feisty hoe and twister in this movie. Ah, uh, yeah, but yeah. not, but better, I think. Better. Well, any, anything's better than that, but less annoying, <laughs> and he actually knows that. like his job. He's good at his job and right, stuff. Right. Right. Uh, and then there's Jennifer Garner. There's Chris Cooper, who's like their bomb guy. Um, Chris Cooper and Chris Cooper. What? Is, he's I, cool. What a Chris Cooper is really good in this. He's really Chris good Cooper in this. Chris Cooper is a hundred. He's like right. He's, he's always he great. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it, well, I had forgotten he was in it, and when he sh- when he showed up, I was like, oh, I'm delighted. Now. The chemistry between everyone on the team is great. Yeah, like just everyone. Even, even though it's like believable, she's not like, getting along with Jason Bateman, sort of, but yeah. it's really funny. Yeah, it's a ragtag group of you know their family. Mm-hmm. Their family. Okay, very important because it comes comes back at the end. But like when we're first introduced to these guys, Jennifer Gardner, who had a special relationship with Uncle Fran, mm-hmm. who uh, Coach Taylor, uh, is really really upset. It's a really great scene. She's crying too. pretty hard, and then Jamie Fox goes up to her, and we see it from a distance. We don't hear what he says. He whispers something to her, and it sort of seems to make her kind of go like hmm, steal right. up. Like it makes she's like, all right. We don't know what she said. Yeah. It comes back later. <laughs> it's a mystery, but yeah. believe me, it's the lost we're going to get an answer. But we hear what he says. Absolutely. Uh, so they end up going to Saudi Arabia uh, to it, investigate the crime scene. There's a lot of finagling. This is not the most interesting part of the movie. And they don't do it by the book. They yes. just go. Uh, they're not. They're basically not supposed to be doing it. Like, and they just go. And no one really knows about Jamie it. Jamie Foxx kind of uses trickery and calling in favors and all kinds of stuff to kind of like force his way into Because it's personal there. now. Yeah. It is. It is now. This time, it's personal. This time, I would have to say. Yeah. But and like, so the FBI is like, no, we don't want to do justice over there. Our relationship well, with Saudi Arabia is very important. Yeah, they're basically oil. they're basically like, if we put, they're mad at us already. If we put more Americans down there, then then we're gonna yeah. cause more shit to happen. Basically, we need to let the Saudis correct. deal with it in their own way, which also seems correct. <laughs> Right, but it is their country. They go anyway, and they they do manage to get hooked up with with Ferris, who's like a liaison. He was there that he day, was there. Uh, yeah. and he lost a bunch his of partner his partner was men. killed. His yeah. partner was killed. Uh, and they he he kind of like kills the main terrorist at the end of the opening scene. They get yeah. set up in a high school gymnasium or a school gymnasium of some sort, and uh, they're not used to having a woman be on a team so i loved the scene where they're like and we set up we set up your your part over here we tried to find some some pink. i wanted to put you in the bathroom yeah. but i want to so. put you in the bathroom for more privacy but uh, is this gonna be okay and we found some pink like sheets and she's like yeah it's fine it's, it's fine. very funny too because <laughs> at some point someone c- tries to like casually walk over to her side she's like no she's like don't cross the side. pink line she's like don't cross it's the pink like, line i like it actually get the <laughs> fuck on your side it's pretty funny there, there's a lot made of what the saudis will and will not let them look at investigate see from all everybody's concerned for from both sides they don't want them to do this and yeah. the saudis are just sort of like we'll pr- we'll pretend to like help them but they right. don't get to see or touch anything and like, and they're they're trying to look at the bodies, and they're, uh, Jennifer Garner's not allowed to even touch them because right. because a, a they don't want them to, and b it's a religious mm-hmm. um, issue. Uh, the one thing they can do though is talk to witnesses because yes. no one's done that yet. Yeah. And who do we have as a witness? Travis Mr. Tritt, the- Mr. <laughs> Faith Hill himself. Is that Travis Tritt. Yep. Tim, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Yes. Tim McGraw. I, the, the, what the, are you doing here talking to my kids? My kid had a box of Band-Aids trying to put her mouth back on. That was so good. That's, That's so funny. Trying to put quite, his mama's quite, mouth back on. Quite an evocative thing. Tim McGraw, uh, I thought he was great. It's. I don't know. That's the okay. Peter... Okay, so that's the Peter Berg... Touch. The burgness of it? Yeah, like, he does have a knack for getting these, like, really good performances out of actors like that. And, like, that kind of... That rawness, he's really good at that stuff. It's what kills, it's what it's what launches Friday Night Lights. It's what makes it so good. Mm. Interesting. Um, you know, he's kind of, 
he's gotten lazy. I think he's trying to make too many fucking Mark Wahlberg movies. But uh, but he used to, I think, I think Lone Survivor is terrific as well for Lone very Survivor similar reasons. Lone Survivor has a couple great scenes where people fall down hills. Yes. That's a really good <laughs> Honestly, movie. I think it was the pinnacle of uh, Berg's directing was like a couple scenes where people fall down hills and you're like, damn, that was a real good yeah. person falling down a good hills. Fall. <laughs> it's pretty, it's impressive. I like that movie a lot for, for various other reasons. But anyway, uh, yeah, I Tim McGraw is really good. I do want to point out, and I don't know, and nobody knows, but the Saudi Arabians in this movie don't do shit as far <laughs> as investigating. And again, they lost people too in this. In this, well, we uh, kind of find out why right. that is. I it, guess it so. is. Im- it is implied that they're letting it happen. Um, yeah, sort of. I mean, Ferris isn't, but he, you know, he's under orders as well. The it's it, there is a kind of question of like who's really in charge at any given time because right. they're, it's a the kingdom as and so yes. we meet we meet a. Um, Prince, one of the royals, one of the yeah. th- five thousand royals, or something like that. Um, but they haven't even like interviewed witnesses, and they haven't excavated the scene. They haven't done anything. Right. So they're they just sort of hanging around. The they crime scene. they end up convincing the, this prince to let them start doing stuff like that, and they're and they're specifically yeah, they're specifically targeting a man they call Abu Hamza, who they think is behind all of this. He's the big bad. Uh, and they, they start to go to work. The, the the investigative part of it's really interesting. I like the stuff with Chris Cooper digging up the hole and finding the oh, bomb. Oh, yeah, he's getting into it. You can tell this is his shit. Yeah, you know? and he's like, like, he's like sort of giving orders to all the guys. He's right? covered he's like, in mud. Get that thing over here. Dig in, dig in he's this calling hole. calling everyone buddy. Yeah, Love yeah. It. It's really funny. This is a real quintessential line for this movie. Jamie Foxx talking to uh, uh, Ferris. Yeah. Americans are not perfect. America's not perfect. Not at all. I'll be the first to say that. But <laughs> we are good at this. Yeah. But which I think he just sort of means action. Yeah, kicking ass investigation, action, kicking ass type stuff. Yeah, and it's and it's all just a negotiation process for them to be able to, and and then they will do a thing like where they're sort of hanging around the, the scene, and someone just like looks over and sees the tall building, and like that's where this. They, where I know, they shot right? The footage of it. So give us five minutes in that building, and they're like, no, you can't have five minutes. Just five yeah. minutes, please. And they get five minutes, and they practically solve everything in that five minute time. They go upstairs. They're like, this is where it was done. Yeah, we we found some more witnesses. We're just they, they, we got a name. They find some like detonator they stuff. They find detonators. <laughs> Very good. It's so good. And the Saudis are terrible at this, or they're just not trying. I don't know. Because um, again, it's a does not feel authentic in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> um, there's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff with Flurry and uh, Ferris where they're like doing some bonding. The bo- yeah, like why'd you it. why'd you become a cop? Well, I watched the Green Beast when I was a kid, and he's like the Green Beast. You know, the guy who turns mad. He gets mad. He turns green. He's talking about the Incredible, the Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, that's my shit. That's my shit. And he goes, Oh, do you need to go to the bathroom right now? No, <laughs> no, that no. <laughs> yeah, but he's like he just he was killing bad people because they did wrong is what he says to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's. <laughs> That, that stuff works. I really like that character. The relationship they have develops really well. Um, He's a nice guy. He he really the actor really sells the kind of like how he has to be deferential to this kind of crazy system where, where the politics are going in all different directions at the same time. But at the same time, he definitely wants to get justice. He likes yeah. he likes these Americans. He wants to be on their side, but he can only do so much. Like the, he's his the his is the most interesting character in the movie. He's got a lot of yeah of like stuff to do and like stuff to work out through the whole thing. Whereas like all the Americans are all just like we know what we're doing here. We know what we got to get done. And we're we're gonna we're gonna kick ass and take names and we do. <laughs> like I said, it's it's deceptively it, it it thinks it's a much more serious movie than it is. It's just a bunch of Americans go into a country and kick ass. Yeah, and they learn stuff from us. 
Maybe we learn <laughs> learn a thing Maybe or we two some things from them, but they're learning not. from us. Yeah, they're learning from us. Um, but yeah, there's the opening. It's just like three parts of this movie. There's like the opening where they try to connive them, uh, uh, get their way into Saudi Arabia. There's the middle part where they're like figuring out what happened. Yeah, very quickly. And then there's the last third, which is like just all action. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that when. Jennifer Garner is going through these bodies through a proxy. Mm-hmm. She finds bits and pieces of marbles. Mm-hmm. That'll be important later. That's very important mm. later. Then they also find a guy who really reminded me of uh, Tom Waits, <laughs> who's like a bomb dude. Oh, yeah. With no He's like a reformed bomb guy. And you can guy. always tell that somebody's a bomb guy because they're missing fingers. Yeah. Like they, uh, the, every bomb maker gets kissed by their own work or stung yeah. by their own work or Was something Was that the like guy that. they said used to work with Osama bin Laden? Yeah, yeah. And he says that, too. Yes. He's like, does he know where Bin Laden yeah, he's is? Like, that would be a huge promotion yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's where you go, like, oh, when did this come out? Oh, yeah. when did that happen? You know, yeah. like, this would have been shortly before they, they got him, I guess. Something like but that, yeah. Uh, a whole other movie that we did on the Patreon years, that was uh, about that very that It very wouldn't have been that, because uh, Zero Dark Thirty was <laughs> t- 2012. 2012, yeah. So. Uh, but that's fun. So that's there's fun. and there's a lot of there's one of the problems I have this movie is kind of the, there's the the good the good Arabs and the bad Arabs tokenism of it mm. like there's a scene where and it's again I like the relationship and how it develops and this is an important part of that but like the scene where Ferris is like you know what I care about I care that somebody came and they shot a hundred people yesterday and those people woke up that morning and they didn't know it'd be the last day of their lives yeah. and that's all that matters to me I want to find who did that and I want to kill them <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like. You know, it's like in, it's like the scene in Black Hawk Down when Eric Bana is like, politics and all that shit goes out the window. It's like, okay, but no. <laughs> <laughs> also, the like family montage that they show Ferris yeah. with his family, it's like a little too corny. Oh, it's this little, guy's it's, this it's, guy's two days to retirement if I ever saw yeah, one. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a little bit like, see, they like yeah, they're they just have like families us. Families too, just like us. Yeah, it's just he's like a good they, man. They love their We're children. all humans. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. I Do mean, they know and it's I'm, Christmas? Uh, and I'm, I'm, At uh, all? Like, I'm susceptible to that. Like, I think it works emotionally for the movie. I think, Total, like, it intellectually. At the same time, I feel it is, it's like, I'm being affected by it, but I know that it's doing a thing that is working on yes. me. It's like you're aware of the facade right. of it, of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. The, the tokenism definitely bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, th- these guys seem like they can be pretty nice if only they understood how fucking awesome we are and that they should just let us do our shit they over there. They just gotta say right. the U.S. is why the best. Why do they gotta be such bitches about that stuff? Right. Hey, you know, why do they have to keep murdering journalists <laughs> or, you know, I burying like... burying slaves inside the giant skyscrapers that they get built? And, <laughs> you know. Everyone keeps calling Jason ba- Bateman Levette, and that one time he's like, It's Levitt. It's Levitt, not Levette. I'm not goddamn French-Canadian. Not goddamn French-Canadian. There's oh, a, what there's a, a funny guy. It, there's a part in it in almost everything that he says up until the point where he gets kidnapped and almost oh, murdered God. and almost has his head chopped off on That's what they on do. Television. That's what they do to you over there is they just put <laughs> you they chop your head off on YouTube. It's the it's just like the president in London has fallen. A body of lies. Oh god. Also almost so much shooting as much shooting in this I think as when I watched Olympus Has Fallen, and I was like, "There's so much fucking shit. <laughs> What's fucking shooting?" Well, wow. that's the, the last. But this is a part when they're like all kind of like getting along because mm-hmm. they've the, the Americans have shown up and they'll show them how they're to do an sync. investigation. And uh, Jason Bateman is <laughs> putting on plastic gloves, and there's a Saudi guy next to him, and he goes, uh, "Need a little check." And he slaps on the gloves, and then they kind of laugh, and he goes, ha you big queer." Yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yay, all right, okay. 
Bateman's got a lot of funny lines in this. Bateman's pretty funny. I thought that of this middle part, my favorite part was where Chris Cooper, who's you know probably the second MVP of the of the thing, mm-hmm. I would say, is puts together the pieces from the bomb from the explosion gurney. when they're all in this wet mm-hmm. hole. We got to dry out this hole. Now I can go home and order six PBRs at uh, Diamond Jams. Dams. It's Diamond Jams. Diamond Dan's or whatever. Yeah. But he, I want to go to Diamond Dan's and get six PBRs right now. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't but just Chris, hand out that blue ribbon. Chris Cooper fishing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Chris Cooper fishing out junk from this hole and like piecing it together with like all the Saudi guys is is like a highlight of the that movie for me. I thought that was really yeah. fun. <laughs> I mean, it's Chris Cooper. <laughs> yeah. This is this is he can do this. There's a lot of good shit in this movie. Like again, I think that this movie just coasts on charisma and like momentum and good direction. Chemistry between cast. The cast is, is perfect. Like, there's that great scene where where Danny Houston is telling Richard Jenkins like, "No, I'm not gonna let you send an FBI team down there." And he's like, uh, "He's like, you want to bet?" And then he tells this story about being in Vietnam during Tet, and he's like, "Once we realized we weren't gonna come home alive, you just." That's my Richard Jenkins, by the way. <laughs> Pretty good. It's, it's, I've I heard worse. It. Once we realized we just, we weren't going to come home alive, we just resigned to that. You know, he's like he's, said, he's got this whole is. speech. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Yeah. He's like, uh, what does he say? I bring that lesson to this job that the job will end one day, no matter what. Because because <laughs> Danny Houston's like, Jenkins. I'm going to fire you, and he's like, I don't fucking care if you fire me, man. Yeah. Um, oh God, shit. We we forgot to mention the Piven of the whole thing. This is there is a Piven. Jeremy Piven is in this. The Piven of it all. We're gonna Piven to video. And let me tell you this. We're gonna pivot to Piven. Yeah. Let me tell you this. This is a thing that Piven can do. He's good in this. this is, yeah. This is with his bad Piven, toupee. If you're gonna put Piven in your movie, have him play this character. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like the sh- the sleazy like. Uh, he works for Danny Houston's character, except he's like the liaison over in Saudi Arabia. And he's mm-hmm. like, look, I, I'm over here. I'm just here to make sure that you guys don't do anything, don't get anything done, don't ruffle any feathers. You get you in and out of here in five days, and then no fuss, no muss. Nobody gets in any trouble. Although you guys are in a whole lot of trouble for coming <laughs> all over here, just so you know. But anyways, he's like, he's practically like, pat, like patting people's butts or slapping their faces. And you're like, yeah, now get out of here. You know, like sort of. So he's like this <laughs> sleazy apparatchik kind of guy. And uh, that's that's Piven. Yeah, that, I, I can't complain about putting Piven in, in that role in this movie. He does it well. I think he's is he is he wearing kind of like fake blonde. Oh, he's he's got a toupee. He's been bald for. Oh, he's been, okay. <laughs> uh, it's pretty ridiculous. That though. guy is is as bald as the day is long, just like me. <laughs> Piven. Uh, I really liked one one more because we were mentioning earlier that uh, Jason, Jason Bateman is. <laughs> Jason, you know, you know, Jeremy Piven also had a problem with Mercury in his sushi, just like, just like yes, Harvey Keitel and writing. He did indeed. Uh, I, li- I like. Wait. There was a famous incident many years ago where Jeremy Piven said that he couldn't show up on set because he got too too much. He, he was in a play, sushi, and he was in a play that he was basically trying to get out of. Like, <laughs> he, said he said he ate too much sushi and got mercury poisoning and didn't and couldn't come to the. What a weird lie! It seems it is also just say seems, just say that. Seems like you're not sick. a great guy. Have or just you say food poisoning? Have what? you looked up because he does stand up now? That's what he comedian does. Comedian now, yes, and it's amazing. It's as good as you would expect. It, yeah, it's that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not. Uh, uh, nope. He's like Dane Cook ish. Oh. It's like this is I, I, I'm a 58 year old uh, douchebag. But he I does, think I know what's good but in he comedy. Does, these but days. his comedy is about like how he's a big, how he's like a big shot and like a cool guy. Great. Um, yeah. Everybody does think Jeremy Piven is really cool. We all love him now, for but, sure. But I, uh, I really like that Jason Bateman keeps doing his one-liners, and they're mostly pretty funny. And, well, and finally, Ferris is like, I don't like your jokes. I don't like your jokes. <laughs> yeah, very upfront about it. Good character. Well acted. Well written. 
But basically, they um, they they trace, they get some clues. Yes. <laughs> they think they know where Abu Hamza is. Uh, clues can be very helpful for a fella trying to solve a crime. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. that Cooper says at one point. That is true. But they do find enough cl- clues. They get t- um, they g- go to a compound where th- that they believe is where Abu Hamza is. There are some terrorists there. They get in a little skirmish with them, uh, kill all of them, and then they're like, and then the everybody the Saudis are like, we got him. Everybody in charge in, yeah. in Ch- Piven and the Saudis are all like, that was the guy. That was the guy. And every you know, like everybody who's a good guy. Uh, f- uh, it's like no, no. These are these are nobodies. Yeah, Ferris and, yeah. and the Americans are all like, that seems too easy. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't him. He's this is a big guy. He's not going to let it happen that easily. Yeah. So they don't believe. And there's it at little all. kids too, which is uh, it's yucky. But they are at this point being fully escorted away, and it's, they're yeah. just sort of like, well, I don't think we did it, but eh, it's going to have to do. And then they're driving on the freeway. So when they're talking about the beer and the food they're going to eat, yeah. I love this kind of shit. Where people, where you know, like it's see, everybody's happy and casually and talking, and then like someone's just like, yeah. like it's kind of in slow mo to themselves, like noticing. Jamie Foxx is noticing off. a couple of cars are following, Getting kind followed. of close behind. There's a guy standing on the over the bridge overhead, just he kind like of waving. waves. Yeah. Wait, what? And things are just starting to be pieced together, and then uh, there's a huge, there's a big crash right in front of them. And an explosion. Bombs are like a car with a bomb in it, I believe. They get an Drives idea, into, yeah. blows up, and then and then it's just they're on the freeway, surrounded by people yeah. like shooting at them, and then and so then much shooting. It's just straight action yeah. for the rest it's of the so these guys. They shooting. grab they grab Jason Bateman and drag him away as Jennifer Garner is like holding onto his. Oh legs yeah, they, they grab stuff. him like out of the ups the flipped car that yeah. they're trapped in, and it's so it's like extra fucked up. Drag him away, and yeah, Jason Bateman's like, so that happened, yeah, because he's still got the joke. No, he never says. <laughs> no, he's he's not joking anymore. No, he's terrified and very. <laughs> Visibly upset. Uh, he has to, no, he's, he's really scared. His yeah. character is in another gear now. Yeah. Uh, and they 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 give chase and chase him into this uh, this uh, city block and go into this apartment building where there's, there's rocket first launchers. there's a huge gunfight in the streets. These guys have RPGs and machine guns. Such and a it's gunfight. Awesome. So many a, guns. A really so quintessential scene for this kind of movie. Very specifically for what they're doing in this movie. Yeah. Where they pull up into the into the neighborhood, and the neighborhood they've been is is one that they've been talking about this whole movie as it's like a bad it's the neighborhood. bad neighborhood. That's where all the where all the radicals are. Wait, there's one part where they're like, no, this is a bad neighborhood, and Jamie Foxx is like, no shit, no shit, because <laughs> shit's been like they've been getting rocket launch yeah. rockets fired him and shit but like we're finally in this like bad neighborhood that we've been suede which they've been talking about the whole movie mm-hmm. like you know as we you know we're gonna end up there at the end yeah and uh, and at one point they're kind of like looking around everything seems kind of normal people are just walking around but you can tell everybody's also aware of them and like it's very suspicious yeah. and then you sort of in the you sort of like see this close-up of a of a lady mm-hmm. in a burqa and she looks at them and goes Shakes her head. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "No, it's bad." It's and they're bad. like, "Oh no!" And then right behind her, a guy with a rocket launcher comes up, and then, then all yeah. hell breaks loose mm-hmm. again. There's a really fucking good action. It reminds scene. me of that scene in uh, Clear and Present Danger, just oh, yeah. like this, like closely packed neighborhood with just shit blowing up and yeah, rockets yeah. firing everywhere. It's and it just cool. kind of goes on and on like this. They well, go the, into a building. Then they go into the building. They're trying to find Jason Bateman because the bad guys are like imminently going to cut his head off on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> this is just like the scene in Body of Lies. This was before. Was this before Body of Lies? I forget what I year that remember. was. But, but it's I the think exact yes. same. Like a suspenseful, like yeah. down to the second. Like yeah. we're about to tell uh, televise. I think probably. If, I think it probably this must be before Body of Lies because if I'd seen that first, I probably wouldn't have liked this as much as I did at the time. Yeah. Whereas because I because this came first, I was like Body of Lies, not so great. Wait, what year was this? This is oh seven. Uh, Body of Lies oh eight. There you go. <laughs> Oh, shit, man. You what fucked a, up. What a time for film. Uh, 
But yeah, and, and then they're in the building. Jennifer Garner stabs a guy in the head. Yeah. Which is very cool. All the violence that you would ever want. Yeah, they're really popping people open in this. Shit blowing up left and right. Kick-ass action. At one point, uh, they, they throw a grenade into a into a, a window. That blows up, and then a guy is like holding a rocket launcher and gets blown up by the grenade and then aims the rocket in a yeah. different direction. Blows up more of the building. There's Ooh, a, there, I think there's a part up. where somebody gets a grenade thrown at them, and they pick <laughs> it up and throw it back at the, <laughs> the guy who threw it to him because he kicks open the windshield of the car. Yeah, that uh, kind of shit. That that gag with the rocket launcher is done even better in, in Michael Bay's 13 Hours, where, oh. where this guy's got an RPG, and he uh, and he gets shot in the head from a, by a sniper and just, like, pitches forward and shoots the RPG <laughs> at his own feet. It's really funny. Badass. Yeah, uh, these movies are apolitical, though. It's fine. <laughs> it's just surely apolitical. Absolutely. It's just, just like Rising Sun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, eventually, you know, it, it all comes down to because because this is like two parts now that they have to accomplish. They yeah. got to save Bateman first, obviously. Yes. He's about to get his head cut off, and then they've got to find Abu Abu Hamza. Abu Hamza, and he's in the same area. So and at, it's, one, it's and <laughs> at one point, Jennifer Garner goes into one of the apartments, and there's a family there with a woman and some young kids, and an old man, and she's like, "Okay, you guys stay here," and then she goes back, you know, back into the fray. She finds a hole in the floor. And then that's and then she's able to get go through that. Yeah. And then she can see the people almost cutting off. But then this guy Bateman's drags head. her through the hole, and they, she gets into that crazy fight with him. And that's yeah, where she stabs. Yeah, that's in the when head. she's like, she goes full badass. She goes full crazy badass. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Pretty, it is cool. pretty cool. Saves Bateman. This whole end is is very action packed, very fucking bloody and horrific. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary. It's like scary. It's yeah. very effective action scene. I, a lot of the times with these kind of action scenes, I usually kind of glaze over and check mm -hmm. out because it becomes really repetitive for me. Yeah. And although I think earlier that did happen a little bit just with all the shooting, mm -hmm. towards the end, this like the physical combat part of it really fucking got yeah. to me. It was good. I think it works really well here too because the whole movie's not like this. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've been spending all this time with this sort of mystery and mostly these characters. Characters and now they're in the shit and you actually care what happens to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because you do. You get to know yeah. these characters and you care about them and everyone, right. like like I said, they all, they're family. Yeah. It's like, we don't want, we want to see all of these guys come out alive. Despite the weirdo politics, this, again, I gotta say, this is just like a really effective thriller. And the and this this action scene, in addition to being really well shot, is also has a very clear objective mm -hmm. too. It's not yeah. it's not quite it's not like so who did it? No, they're just they're just trying to save they're just this saving guy. Bateman. Yeah. They know they're the saving guys are in Bateman. the building. That's a really good title. Saving Bateman. Ooh. American uh, Psycho Two. <laughs> saving Bateman. Um, uh, and indeed they do save indeed Bateman. They do save him at the last minute, and he's like fucked up. <laughs> he's traumatized. I'm gonna go have a nervous breakdown over here. Right here. <laughs> And It'll then, be funny uh, again in a couple of years. And then they're they're going through the rest of the building, and Jennifer Garner's in that apartment again, and this little girl, oh, gives her a little blue marble. Well, and she, she gives first the gives her girl the because she always tootsie has pops. these the tootsie, tootsie pops, pops yeah. that she's been having, and yeah, she gives it to her. And this yeah. is the same girl this that watched her shoot a man earlier, yeah, yeah. so she feels extra bad. Yeah. This is pretty cool, a cool reveal too, because the girl like takes her, like has the hand, and then turns it around, and then slowly opens it up, and is like, "Whoa!" Because like, it's uh -oh. the marble. And then she looks over at the old man. And the old man's missing some fingers, and he's got a rifle. The old man's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. "No, that's not really." Uh, but like, uh, you can. It's Abu Hamza's the nice old man in the corner. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. Ferris gets shot. Yeah, like one of his uh, uh, Abu Hamza's like grandkids or something comes out with a gun yeah. shoots ferris yeah and who's my favorite character so this that actually does is effective. that was really sad i was, I was like oh fuck i would have rather they before, killed one of the I americans forgot. and let him live yeah i, I love that guy really I, would, I would prefer that for him sure. and jamie fox have a tearful like dying in his arms type vibe yeah yeah 
And then the kicker of the movie is at the very end when they're when they're going home. This is uh, and and Jason Bateman's like flurry. What did you say to What did you say to Janet on the on that first day? Like at the at the you know at the, get her at the to meeting stop to get her to stop crying. <laughs> it's really good. And too. it's the the way that it's edited. This is the on, the only part of the movie where it is the serious movie that it thinks it is. Yeah, where it actually pulls off this kind of tone that it's looking to do. And it's not it's not just surface level seriousness with a bunch of dumb not subtext. Not like shit, yeah. yeah. Yes, uh, and this this ending is actually almost like unfairly effective. Yeah, <laughs> where like you didn't I don't know if this movie earned this, but but also it's but very al- good. But also well, we forgot to mention that after they shoot Abu Hamza, he whispers something into the ear of one of yes. the kids in that room, very pointedly. So like, yeah, he's like, "What he's, did you he's dying? What did you like say to little What kid. did you say to her to make her stop crying?" And he's like, "We're gonna kill them all." And then you and see then it like cuts to the other. To Abu Hamza whispering in the child's ear, and "Don't fear and my like child." It's like his mom talking to him. And yeah. She goes, "What did he say to you before he died?" And she's, and then the kid goes, "He's like staring off into the distance." And he goes, he "says Don't worry, we'll kill them all." Yeah. And then the, the movie just ends. And then it, it just ends on yeah. that. That yeah. movie's good. It's really good. I like yeah. this movie. They don't. There's not like a, a extra prologue or anything. Stra- straight up goes out on this real like, and despite everything that we've shown you in this movie, despite what all that you think, this was. It's all self-perpetuating insanity. Yeah. All the stuff that you just enjoyed right there yeah. is just going to make this go on and on. And yeah, yeah. credits, Danny Elfman. Yep, the kingdom. That's how it goes. That's an extremely effective ending, though. I really like that. All right. Let's see. Why are you saying? Why are you saying these bad words to me? <laughs> <laughs> I liked Ferris uh, says to because uh, Bateman just keeps swearing. All it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, Stranger Among Us type stuff. Where like, just stop. Will you stop with the swearing around the Saudis? They don't like it. I was a big stop fan it. of Jennifer Garner's monologue about how uh, you could get good at basketball or at whatever but being sequestered in Saudi Arabia. Where she's like, what does she say? She's like, uh, this could really have upped Shaq's three free throw percentages. Like, lock a guy in a in a basketball court with no booze, no women, and no phone. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then Jamie Foxx is like, I don't know, Kobe. Kobe's a hater or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Kobe's a hater. Yeah. Damn. I just watched a really good documentary about Shaq and Kobe oh, on YouTube. I want to watch that. It's on YouTube. It's called How to Make a Basket. It's in three parts. Oh, fucking a. Uh, this is a this is a part where where uh, Ferris. Yeah, kind of like this is before they've bonded, obviously, mm-hmm. but also showing that he has he's has knows a little bit about you know you watch the Incredible Hulk, he's seen right. some stuff, yeah, and he goes, "This is not a game show, Mister Fleury, and it's, and definitely there are no deals to be made here." That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty funny. You want to go in the hole? Yes. No. Uh, uh, somebody says this to Chris Cooper. I think it's Jamie Fox, and it is. This is like you know, there's good jokes in this. Mm-hmm. Not like the cleverest in the world, but where you're like, that's solid. And uh, they're kind of like, because you know how men are. Mm-hmm. They, they're busting each other's balls, but affectionately. Oh. And then Jamie Foxx, because like Chris Cooper's like, I'll show you a thing or two about uh, style if you ever want. Uh-huh. Jamie Foxx goes, you probably buy your car batteries and your shirts at the same place. <laughs> yeah, that's a good loss. And I was like, pretty good. 
That's just solid. No, Jamie Foxx is an established, very funny comedian. Yeah. So that, I wonder I wonder if that was written or if he just came up with that one. I think a lot of the lines that Jason Bateman has, too, not they the have big clear one, improv, but where you're yeah. like, did they get a team of writers? You know, they do this in Hollywood movies where they'll just get like 15 yeah, Bateman, comedians. I think Bateman could come up with his own jokes. I don't know he's, how much I mean, of he's his... got a reputable podcast of him, like him and Will Arnett and like a bunch of funny guys. Like, you know, he's a director yeah. in his own right. I think that Bateman probably improvised a bunch of his dialogue here. It feels... Peter Berg works. Works that way. Peter Berg's not no stranger to comedy as well, and he's, he does a lot of improv on his sets. So. Yeah, yeah. So it could be, but like a lot of times when that happens, it doesn't work out well. And in this movie, like a lot of those jokes hit. This the whole movie is the cast. I think so. It's pretty solid. Does all I love your kids more than mine? It's Tim McGraw yeah. yelling at uh, Ferris. I like when they go, they're going into the building at the end, and he says to Ferris, "Is like uh, whose side is whose side is Allah on?" And Ferris is like, "We're about to find out." Yeah. And then at one point, uh, this is a little de- semantic debate that uh, Ferris, because, you know, like one of the jokes is that Ferris is saying stuff in English qu- a right. little bit off. And he's like, and now we are going to go find the big dog. And he <laughs> yeah. goes, big dog? Uh, don't you mean big fish? Dog and is I, bigger than fish. Though. And, I was, and he's like, but I'm also like, I think big dog works. Yeah. yeah. Big dog's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think he misused it. I think we're yeah, fine Stop correcting dog. everybody, Jamie Foxx. It's Fox. fine. Um... Yeah, that's all. The, there's not a whole lot of hilarious stuff or good lines in it, but whatever. Oh, at one, at one point, Chris Cooper says, "You, I don't know, you got to get your LL Bean on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Cooper, Chris stylish Cooper. guy. Uh, ratings. I'm gonna give this three and a half Juds. Mm-hmm. Damn, mm-hmm. I think it's super entertaining. I've seen it a bunch. I own it on Blu-ray, so this is like sort of a, a comfort food one. Despite the fact that I do think its messaging is pretty dubious. And, uh, you know, even even though it's trying to be sort of, well, both there's bad people on both sides, it ends up veering dangerously into tokenism and just general, you know. I'll tell you, Rising Sun makes you appreciate at least an effective token. <laughs> like, give us one. Come on, Rising. I know it's tokens, but give us one. Yeah. Give us a Japanese person yeah. who's, like, good. Exactly. Fucking crazy. I just, I'm just very suspicious of the like. Oh well, this this guy is one of the good ones, and we're the we're on the we're on the right side. Like we represent righteousness too. You know, yeah. uh, I don't buy it. No. Uh, however, the movie, as I've said multiple times already, is a really really effective and very entertaining thriller. Super exciting movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it no Douglases. No time for that. No. No. And I'm gonna give them uh, ten out of ten band aids. D- I need to use to put my mom's mouth. Damn back on. it! That's I a, was gonna do that's that. That's a weird detail. <laughs> sit right with me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost on. as if it's unsettling. See, Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud. Very <laughs> good. Uh, I, well, I, uh, I'm gonna give it three and a half. I think when you can pull off an action movie of this. St- st- of this size, yeah. he, he got to give it up. I love action movies. Yeah. The the ver- the last quarter of the movie is all action and it's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast is great. Um, yeah, I mean, every, you know, same shit. I think we're all pretty much more yeah. or less on the same page. I know these so. movies. Uh, zero Douglases and uh, ten out of ten. My shits <laughs> 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 or Green Beasts. Ooh, the Green Beasts. I'm going to give it three and a half Juds. I really like this. Uh, I was super into it, um, especially after watching the other two movies that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, action worked for me. Casting was great. Chemistry between everyone was awesome. Um, and it was emotionally effective as well. I'm I gonna, agree. I'm going to give it zero Douglases because this is just simply not a horny movie. No. And there was no horn. No horn. I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh, Pixie shirts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is that Bateman? Yeah. Yeah, of course. What is he doing in this work? In this line of work? How, how did you get involved in this? <laughs> I'm a sucker cool. for stuff like that. Have either of you watched The Killer yet? Not no. yet. No. I don't know if I. You should. Will it's really like good. It? Yeah. I don't know if you'll like it, but I really. I mean, if you like Fincher, it's worth checking. I like out. Fincher. Uh, it's good, and there's a there's a funny T-shirt at the end. Love um, a funny T-shirt. I love a funny T-shirt. Anywho, love a funny uh, we did it. We get to do another pivot <sighs> to the next episode. Yes. Uh, so we're we've gonna done it again. Yeah. We're gonna move from a stranger among us. Connected. Travis man. has been wanting to do some Sydney Lumet movies for a while, so we're gonna do that. Lumet Gala. Lumet Gala. Uh, that's and great. We're gonna do. Um, uh, what did we say? We're gonna do the morning after. Right, which yes. we we have the DVD that Cody Down sent us. That's true, we do. Um, <laughs> then we're gonna do one called Q and A, which is really weird and good. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. There's gonna be a lot of us going like, oh god damn, god. sorry, <laughs> sorry, Emily. That's okay. Yeah. And I'll then, like it for a little bit. And then uh, <laughs> we haven't seen Andy Garcia around for a while, but he'll be showing up oh, in Garcia's Night back. Falls on Manhattan, which is really really good. I really? I don't know anything about any of these, and I haven't seen any of them, so I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to prepare for our thoughts on Andy Garcia, go back and listen to the episode Muchas Garcias <laughs> from all the way back in <laughs> season one. What a title. We did the episode specifically so I could do that title. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it works that way. Yep. Generally we don't, don't know what we're going to call this one yet. Yeah, we still don't have this one. We're having a hard time. with. Like I think this is one of the more solid, thematically linked yeah. group of movies, and then somehow the, one of the hardest ones to name. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully it might just end up being like fish out of water. Shoot Sometimes fish. we just settle. Shooting fish. I don't know. Out of place, the the new the new kid on the block. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's uh, there. You go. There they are. It's hard to come. It's hard to do. There they are. This work is hard, which is why you need to pay us four fifty a month for the Patreon. There's so many cool extra things that are not necessarily what you would find here on our main podcast stream. Hopefully, you listen to us just completely hating four rooms. Oh yeah, classic a classic episode, a longer one yeah. uh, that we got up there. Uh, Kevin Clark still lives on the Patreon. He has moved to Los Angeles, or as I call it, Los Angeles. Mr. Hollywood's over on the Patreon, so yeah. under five dollars a month for that. So we can you can hear his Hollywood his Hollywood stories. And <laughs> and Kevin was just recently on a shot a uh, episode of a some judge show. Judge Millia. Yes, <laughs> and he was and he That's, was in the yeah, audience of America's Got Talent or some shit. Some yeah. but yeah, so Kevin, he's got adventures. Kevin was a defendant on a, on a fake court show. <laughs> Uh, he also he texted me yesterday that he was a background in a music video, uh, where he w- he worked uh, or he was a customer at a bank. Okay. Yeah, shit's popping off for old Kevin so, Clark. Big actor in Tinseltown. He's gonna get his sad <laughs> card soon. And you can hear all about it on the Patreon. <clears throat> Suspense is killing us. Patreon. You just look it up on Google. Yeah. It's really easy. Tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, tell your tell your enemies about this podcast. Please tell your dog. Spread the word. And uh, and until next time, right? The suspense. suspense is killing us. Suspense is killing us. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. I'm